get ready. We're going to earn our weekend street credibility. They call that street cred for getting to the weekend coming through the Robert Scott Bell show because we have in hour one, Kimberly, what's her last name under oh, Overton, just teasing Kimberly. We love you. She says, you never mention me. You never talk about me all the time. Your ears are burning. Kimberly Overton, Nurse Freedom Network, Remnant Nursing, and Michael Bolden, 10th Amendment Center, two great buddies, pals, friends, amazing stalwart folks standing up for your freedom in many different ways, including your freedom to heal and helping people to help you to get well and stay well. That's what we do here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. So get ready. And a quick shout out to our Brits listening on UK Health Radio or otherwise. Uh, why are tens of thousands of you dying long before you should? There's a mystery afoot, and we're going to solve it next on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Let's go. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Lighten up, it's Friday. It's All right, Friday is in, and uh, I'm here, and you're here in Super Don. You surprised me. You said you didn't have the transition, and you did it. You're a rock star. With I a found it, yes. On your belly. I'm, I'm, I'm invisible you. today. I'm, I'm wearing my cloak of darkness today. You've gotten yes. shorter, and uh, it is a, there's a reason for that, because you're carrying a baby. And my, my wife told you before the, you go to air, you were supposed to have a, like, oh, look at that sleeping baby. It's so cute. It's so adorable. I'm going <sighs> to... Oh, ow. I want to punch something. No, I don't. That's isn't that there are people that say that it's so cute. I just want to squish it. It's like, oh, no, don't squish do that. it. No, right? I've never heard anybody say you want to squish it. You just want to hug, you know, like you want to pinch their cheeks, right? That's it. The cheek yeah. pincher. Didn't you hate that when you, you're a little kid and you go oh, to Thanksgiving man. or something like that? And yeah, they let and whoever it. or whatever come over here, like grab your cheek. Oh, you look so cute. There's some classic ones, uh, uh you know, from uh, the movies where they play that up as well, but. Yes, you are uh, grand grandbaby sitting uh, today. I see that, and it's just adorable. And uh, as I said, my wife suggested to you to get one of those carriers so you could have your hands free. But apparently, you those, those, those sling things that sling you wear, those backpacks or whatever, whatever. Are you protesting against that? That would be like less manly than you're used to. It it might be convenient. I just don't think it would work. No. They no. they do work. There's proof of concept. That's not. Yeah, a I don't. I don't think she'd be uh, content. No. No. Well, she's, that's possible. She's mobile now. She's learned how to be mobile and wants to go everywhere and do everything. So how how many months old? Oh man. Yeah. Hey, was it challenge like, on that? Let's see here. Nine nine months. Wow. I think. Yeah. And, and she's already walking. Uh, almost. Almost. She's standing up, balancing, and 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 attempting to take steps. She might like take a step and then fall, type thing. So not quite walking, but getting there. Well, all right, that's the step, man. Yep. And 
as we head into the weekend, again, I'm not going to rely heavily on you this hour or the next, but thank goodness we have some heavy hitters, supposedly. I No, I think they are, but they're love, lovely people, uh, both Kimberly Overton from the Nurse Freedom Network and Remnant Nursing and Michael Bolden from the Tenth Amendment Center cranking up the message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. And first and foremost, let's go to Great Britain, our friends there in the United Kingdom. Concerns for all y'all. Here's the headline uh, from the Mirror. Brits are dying in their tens of thousands and why we don't really have any idea why. No, and we don't have any. Really, you don't? Who doesn't? Now, it's an interesting headline because as I read it as an American English reader and writer and speaker, um, Brits are dying in their tens of thousands is an interesting thing. And I think that's uh, what my wife said, who, who grew up partly for a few years in the U.K., and uh, apparently that's the way it's said. I just not not familiar with that. Apologize to my Brit British uh, friends and listeners. Uh, but in there, in your in tens of thousands, and the officials, of course, don't know why. Tens of thousands of more Brits died than usual from May to December 2022, excluding COVID as a cause of death, raising serious questions as to why so many died. Now, I think for all of us here in this audience and on this show. It's patently obvious. It's devastatingly obvious, but it's the thing that your medical and health and public health authorities are desperate not to look at and identify as a primary culprit in excessive all-cause mortality outside of COVID deaths, as they claim. 32,441 excess deaths in that time frame in England and Wales. And you know, what it, What has happened in England? And y'all tell me if you're there or if anybody knows what has happened in England that is distinct and different and new in terms of the population that would create an all-cause mortality scenario of excess deaths. Because arguably the pandemic was, you know, really over already. The, ma- the major uh, part of it, except that they had introduced, you know what, the V word that you're not allowed to say as it relates to this to, to link cause and effect potentiality. Is there something else? I mean, were there um, poison biscuits? What are they called, Superdome? My wife was, we, we were talking about this before we went to air. Digestives, I think, if you remember. Digestives, yeah, but I've se- I, I swear I've seen it called like a digestive biscuit. Yes, I think Somewhere. so. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. said it was probably the crumpets were, were corrupt. The crumpets. I think there's something in the crumpets. The crumpets in, had in the gone UK. bad. Now, not yeah. trying to make light of excess deaths or, or, or issues there. Um, the reality is we're, you know, harmless Americans that make bad jokes, as you guys sometimes don't laugh at what we say. <laughs> Maybe you laugh at us. Uh, I'm not laughing. It's not a laughing matter to see excess uh, mortality in any country, much less our friends in England. But is there anything else besides the the V word, the J word, the jab, or the injection, the I, that has been added into, you know, from a population-wide intervention of some kind, a new thing? Is there something else that I'm not aware of? Again, as we talk about the crumpets and biscuits, you know, and, and it's different. When I grew up with biscuits in the deep south of uh, America, biscuits were these fluffy, layered, you know, amazing deliciousness uh, because they were kind of refined flour it's like oh my gosh this stuff but biscuits in england are, are cookies that we call cookies and for some reason they call them digestives and i don't know how they enhance digestion 
But I'll tell you what, the COVID jabs do not enhance digestion. They don't enhance anything except your risk of an early grave. Now, at the risk of getting banned on YouTube, oops, oh, wait, never mind. We're already banned on YouTube. At the risk of getting banned on Spotify, oh, my gosh, we're banned on Spotify and LinkedIn as well. Uh, we will link that as the primary culprit that the officials within the UK government that have been captured by the very industry that has captured our regulators here in the United States, those of you in Canada, Australia, New Zealand, many of the Western democracies of Europe as well. You see that there's no other plausible explanation. And if you can come up with one, go ahead and try. I don't think there is one as to why this is happening. Excess deaths beyond, again, pandemic. They're not talking about COVID deaths now, even though the COVID deaths are questionable based on the faulty testing. Yeah, I said that. We got banned for talking about faulty PCR tests as well. We'll continue to talk truthfully, honestly, with integrity about what we know. And if we're wrong, happy to go, dude, dude, we were wrong. But that has rarely happened. And all the people that were wrong are still claiming the mantle of authority, really authoritarianism. And the people who are making amends who are correcting the error of their ways, we applaud and we bring them in, we welcome them into our fold, but yet we don't look to you as experts in this realm because you've been duped, you have been played for a lot longer than some of us here. And that's not a necessarily a critique or a criticism, it's just an acknowledgement of the learning curve that you're engaged in. And there are good people engaged in a great learning curve right now within the medical field, within the nursing profession, doing extraordinary work. But I would ask for some level of humility as you move forward. And I would ask if you're not going to invite the homeopaths and the naturopaths and the herbalists and the chiropractors and all the holistically inclined or holistically uh, uh, trained doctors and non-doctors, um, then we are not waiting for the invitation. We are, as is the Nurse Freedom Network and Kimberly Overton, setting up a new course a parallel option that doesn't require permission from you, the experts that got it all wrong, or the captured agencies and those in the agencies, or the media that is captured, or the industry, the pharmaceutical industrial complex, more like a, a death cult that has, has claimed control and ownership over the education system of the allopathic medical and nursing profession for decades, more than a century now, since the dawn of the Flexner Report of 1910. So let's bring in our good friend, Super Don, if you don't mind, Kimberly Overton, back to the Robert Scott Bell Show right here, right now, heading into the weekend. Kimberly. Hey, thanks for having me on again, Robert. Appreciate you. It's Oh, well, I appreciate you. You know that. And where's your saxophone? My saxophone is at home. Okay. We were hoping I'm going to be picking little... it up, though. I'm going to be picking it up, though. When I get back home, I'm going to pick it up. It's been, it's been three years too long. I need to pick it up again and start doing things that bring me joy. Yes, we need to like what Lisa Simpson saxophone playing. Okay. I'm a little better than Lisa. Not much, but a little. <laughs> All right. Well, you um, comment on anything that I've said so far. Again, uh, acknowledging the, the, the failures of certain professions of which, you know, you are a part of, but making amends, doing things that are extraordinary. And this is why when you're not here, I do mention you from time to time because I appreciate you so much and what you're doing, stepping it out and making a difficult choice, but the right choice. And then hoping and praying that there's there's somebody to 
capture and uplift and lift you up and go, Kimberly, yes, we want to support you in Remnant Nursing and the Nurse Freedom Network. Absolutely. And we appreciate that, Robert. But yeah, I was as I was listening to you talk about what the excess deaths in Britain, and we've seen this happening here, you know, with all of a sudden we have sudden adult death syndrome that has been unfortunately normalized now, you know, it's, uh, it's climate change, it's, uh, it's cold showers, it's, you know, just all of all of this craziness. Um, but when we're looking at the data, we can clearly see that um, the, the deaths are in excess. And we have to start asking the question why, as you said, in your opening, I think we all know what's happening. Um, but it's time for people to start opening their eyes. But it's interesting to me that you started with this um, being in England, because I wanted to come on today and talk about the Great Leicester Declaration. Um, and the Great Leicester Declaration is named after a town in England, uh, Leicester. It's a city in England. And during the 19th century, um, it successfully contained the smallpox epidemic. And they used methods of quarantine and sanitation. They did not adhere to the, the smallpox uh, mandatory vaccination policies that were very popular at that time. So that's just a reminder. That's why they named it the Lester Declaration, a reminder um, that there is, uh, you know, broader ecology of health beyond vaccinating mm -hmm. uh, and mitigating infectious diseases and improving health. So it's a great reminder of that. Um, so if you're familiar with the Great Barrington Declaration, which I'm sure you are, it garnered widespread support from physicians, from nurses, from the public at large, that was basically taking a stand against all of the corruption, the vaccine mandates, the lockdowns, all of it. And the Great Lester Declaration is just taking that a step further. It is actually recognizing and validating vaccine injury, mm -hmm. which is so, it's, it's so important. Um, that has not been really, it's never been done. As you okay. know, people have been gaslit for decades. Yeah, they, they, they know. Well, let me just say it this way. When you ask about why is all this happening, whether it be the excess mortality or whether it be the rise of autism and neurological disorders in young people, um, they, they say they don't know what it is, but they know it's not yeah, right. the word vaccination or vaccines. And it's like it's, it belies logic much less scientific integrity, if there is such a thing anymore, to make a statement that we know it, we don't know what it is, but we know it's not that. What have they done to rule that out? Nothing except to say it, to say, yeah. don't even dare look at the possibility or else we will come down on you like a, a ton of pharmaceutical bricks, as we've seen time and time again in history. And you go back to the Lester Declaration, um, think about the, the Temple of Vaccinia and Jen, Jenner, right? That supposedly came up with a smallpox vaccine by a cowpox. And that was the dawn of the anti-vaccine movement, not Andy Wakefield, not any of us that spoke out against the COVID jabs or injections. But in reality, the immediate response, as soon as they came out with this, Jenner, because of the devastating death due to sepsis and uh, uh they would have to remove body parts. I mean, arms, whatever was going on. They just, this was witnessed by so many in England that they said this were, you know, the anti-vaccination league came about because of that. And yet we are told that none of it only happened because Andy Wakefield said, uh, well, he observed as a gastroenterologist, uh, novel inflammation, hydrogenic inflammation. They wasn't sure why idiopathic maybe, but found out that in all of those children that had this, uh, Enterocolitis, called it, uh, also had evidence of this novel new form, if you can call it that, of the, the measles strain that was only available to them via the injection of the MMR or the measles shot. 
and yet they they pilloried him. They took away his license to practice. Thank God, uh, Wakefield found another reason for being another mission and passion in his life as a filmmaker to do great work. But I speak out to all of the nurses and doctors that are disillusioned now by what they've been raised in and trained in and, and in practice uh, to find another mission or passion, whether it be within the field of nursing still like you, Kimberly, and many of your friends and now our friends here on the Robert Scott Bell Show uh, to do it differently so that it it uplifts you and, and opens and celebrates the, the reason you got into nursing, for instance, versus the, the degradation that you brought inadvertently because you didn't know the vaccines, the other things like that. And, and, and giving people an opportunity now to do it differently is what I believe you're doing with Nurse Freedom Network and Remnant Nursing. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's been so fulfilling to be able to do that. As you know, I was very allopathically trained and, um, you know, I, I didn't come into the fight uh, anti-vax at all. I will be leaving that way after doing uh, my research and due diligence that unfortunately had, had not been done mm-hmm. um, previously. We always just implicitly trusted, uh, you know, the, the vaccine um, people, <laughs> people at the FDA. And you always think that they're doing you know, their due diligence. They're not. Um, I had no idea that they weren't doing the appropriate safety testing. Uh, and I'm actually many physicians don't know this either is what I'm, I'm coming to, to find out. Um, but I think it's so important to, to really step outside of what you know, we've long known to be true as far as um, the vaccines, as far as the, you know, medications is a prescription for everything. There's a prescription for everything. We need to step outside of that box and and start nursing from a different perspective, from a holistic perspective and looking at the whole person. Um, because as nursing as it is now in the hospital, all we're doing is checking boxes. We're not taking care of people. And that's why we all got into nursing. We got into nursing to care for people, not to check boxes. You've been in a, a, let's say, a crash course of deprogramming, partly, right? We talk about deprogramming from the cult of medicine and reprogramming yourself to a whole different worldview and an ability to help people without harming them. And I'll ask you in the, you know, how long has it been since we first connected and you were on the show and all the things that are you looking back at that Kimberly Overton and saying, my gosh, I'm a completely different person. I mean, there's so much that has changed that you wouldn't recognize yourself per se, or um, is it just a subtle change? What would you say about your worldview in this time frame? Yeah, it's been it's been a whirlwind. I mean, like so, we connected back in I think it was March of uh, March of last year uh, was when when I first came on the show, and I had just started Nurse Freedom Network in July of 2021, and even then, you know, I was still not like I said, not still not anti-vax, still not really fully awake to what was happening. Mm-hmm. I just thought, wow, this is kind of quick, and we don't have any safety data, so I, I I didn't even necessarily think anything nefarious was going on, just that it wasn't enough safety data, and I wasn't comfortable with it. And I felt certain that I was in fairly good health that if I were to get COVID, which by the way, it took me three years to get COVID, couldn't get it if I tried working in the ICU. Um, I was fairly confident that I would get it, I would get over it, and I would have that amazing natural immunity that nobody wants to recognize any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been it's 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 been an interesting ride. I will say that. Yes. Well, I'm I'm glad. Uh, we're sharing a bit of that ride along the way, having you on board since we first met. I've been uh, certainly enjoying uh, connecting with you and the network that you've helped to develop and the Nurse Freedom Network. I mean, we were there in Nashville. I, I got to stop in and pop in on the nurse uh, program, and it was so nice. I mean, I, I just wanted to sneak in, and um, I couldn't sneak in, apparently, 
but you guys are so kind and loving and supportive of, of what I've been doing for a long time. And I've uh, certainly embraced all y'all because of what you are now doing. And I think it's part of the correction. Those folks that have integrity, when they recognize what they've been trained and it's not the right thing to actually make the switch as opposed to stay with it because it's what you know. Um, you know, great credit to you and your fellow nurses that are stepping up and doing the right thing now. Thank you. Yeah, we, you know, once when we know better, we're called upon to do better. And that's what we're doing with Nurse Freedom Network and with Remnant Nursing. Um, you know, the, the nurse conference has been an amazing opportunity for us to really get together and to grow. And the best part of that for me is, is bringing all of these nurses together and watching these incredible relationships that they're building with one another, watching the way that they support and inspire each other has been so incredible. And it's just such a gift to me. I think that's the best thing that has come out of Nurse Freedom Network for me is to be able to watch them grow and just connect with one another, support one another, uh, and love from one another. Because in nursing, you, you know, we, we're not known to be kind to one another. And so I started that little hashtag, non-toxic nursing. That's what we do at Remnant Nursing and Nurse Freedom Nursing. Non-toxic nursing. Can you explain to me a little bit more about that not being nice to one another and being known for that? What would you describe or how would you describe that manifesting in, in the nursing yeah. profession? Yeah, so they, there's a lot of talk about, you know, nurses eat their young. I never had that problem, really. Maybe it may have been because I went to nursing school a little bit older. I was a little bit older, a little bit later in life, and I was pretty old, so nobody thought I was young. So they didn't try to eat me. But, <laughs> but uh, they, you know, I didn't really have a problem. But a lot of people, um, they're, they're just kind of a, a passive-aggressive uh, is, is a good way to describe it. Um, if, you know, if you had a question or anything like that, sometimes is they would Kimberly, is it because it's predominantly female? I mean, Probably. there are male nurses. And and it's mm -hmm. interesting you bring that up because I had a great discussion with my friend Doc Harmony, who was there in Nashville. I, I hope you got to meet Doc Harmony with Harmony Cone, Ear Candles. I don't and think I did, no. And she uh, and her husband, Kevin, are great friends for almost as long as anybody's been a friend of mine in this lifetime. And we had a discussion on Sunday's broadcast, which I would urge everybody, if you haven't listened to it, download it for free and watch, listen on relationships, relationships. And particularly, we were talking about uh, from the female perspective as she has learned it, and uh, she recommended a book called The Queen's Code. And then she described that women are 100% responsible for the success of any relationship. And of course, that's like, whoa, 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 what are you saying, right? And I, I joked about that with my wife, and she's like, wait a second. And then, of course, she heard it, and it's like, oh, context is everything. So in addition to that, she described the harmonious working environment, primarily women working together cooperatively in harmony and how diff difficult that was and how different it is, how possible it is, though. And I would say that's another thing that um, for the nursing community, which is predominantly female, not exclusively, but predominantly, I would love for you all to tune in to that Sunday broadcast and, and uh, share it with everybody. It's one of the most profound discussions on relationships I've ever done on the air in just a, a less than a one hour discussion. Uh, so I just throw that out there as homework for everybody. I'll be sure to add that to my ever-growing to-do list. I will definitely tune in, though. Yes, but it'll open up a lot of great possibilities. And I've seen more cooperation as I've been into the uh, the, the, the Nurse Freedom Network you know, events that you've hosted. And I'm encouraged by what I'm seeing, certainly. But we could all do better to break habits and patterns that we didn't even know we were kind of engaged in, much like your programming or training uh, didn't know what you didn't know now that you do uh, doing extraordinary things. By the way, the Lester Declaration we have linked up. Uh, Kimberly says you don't have to have an affidavit uh, notarized for this one because there's another yeah. thing that that we've talked about 
uh, with some of the nurses and doctors out there about mm -hmm. signing off on that, which is also available. But uh, as far as upcoming events, Kimberly, are there uh, events that you're going to be at or NFN or Remnant Nursing is doing soon? Yeah, so we have uh, the next American uh, Freedom Nurses Summit is gonna be part of the next American Health and Freedom Summit is gonna be in Scottsdale, Arizona. That's gonna be November the 2nd through November 5th. So we're excited about that. We're ramping up and getting ready. We've got uh, incredible nurses. Some of the nurses that you saw at the last one will be coming back again. And then we've got some uh, really amazing nurses that are local to that Arizona area as Phoenix area as well. So we're really excited. There's so many um, that are kind of coming up in this movement. Uh, and I'm so encouraged to see that more nurses are speaking up and standing up and standing on truth. Mm -hmm. um, it's It's been really amazing to see. And with every event, we have a larger crowd and, and people are finding um, the events so impactful. You know, they, they love the, the level of education and again, that, that level of just cohesiveness that we have with one another. Uh, I think that's something that's sorely missing yeah. in the nursing community and just the medical community at large and really just in society right now. People are just not nice to any to each other Group anymore. Individuals that are coming together to lift each other up. Oh, yeah. What a refreshing thing. Exactly. It's not, that doesn't happen anymore. Right. So what do you have you encountered uh, a, that kind of breath of fresh air response from the nurses that are coming in and realizing we've got a group of people and a bunch of individuals that want to now instead of tear each other down, want to help lift each other up. Have you have you witnessed that? Have you felt that? Is it happening? Yes, absolutely. And, and that is that's something that I see. And again, like I said earlier, that's the greatest gift I have is watching these these nurses come together and really just grow and, and love on one another and and um just they're they're so inspiring to me you know they inspire me every day to continue on and do this because there are so many nurses out there that haven't gotten our message yet and that's what i really want to do is start doing these events i want to do more events across the country you know so many of these nurses robert don't they still don't even know what's happening in front of their eyes we've talked about this before about nurses and how we compartmentalize yeah and maybe they don't see what's happening but we want to give them the opportunity to hear from nurses who have worked through the pandemic um, myself, Gail McRae, as you know, uh, worked yeah. through the pandemic and saw uh, much of the, the murders at the bedside as well. Um, to just get that perspective from us and prayerfully it opens their eyes and we pray that that is going to start uh, saving more lives as we start educating more nurses. So the Nurse Freedom Network, how can people support you in that uh, group that you've mm -hmm. helped to develop? Yep. So we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can make donations right on our website at nursefreedomnetwork.org. Um, you can, and we do appreciate if you can make a monthly gift. That is something uh, that that is uh, very helpful. That if we have income that we can count on every month as we start and continue to grow, um, these things do cost money. So um, all all of this, all of your help, you know, hosting the website and printing promotional materials, all of that uh, does come at a cost. And of course. Um, if you could help to have have us be able to help support our nurses that are traveling to these events, most of them on their own dime. Yeah. Yeah. We're all traveling on our own dime. And a lot of our nurses are financially devastated and haven't worked. So, you know, but we're, we are making every effort um, to be at these different events so that we can continue to share a message, you know, of hope and of truth with, uh, with, with everybody, not just the nurses, but with people mm -hmm. who have become so increasingly distrustful of the medical community. There's a, an interesting good news story, and it's not directly related to the nurses, but it, it's related similarly because anybody that's lost their job uh, during the COVID scamdemic, 
uh, because they refuse to wear a mask or get a, uh, an experimental injection, um, they're really owed, let's say, to be made whole because it was a wrong that was done to them. What was their crime? They didn't want to become a human experiment to the pharmaceutical industrial complex, and they were fired for it. Um, there's a story here out of LegalInsurrection.com. That's a cool name. I like that, Legal Insurrection. Uh, it says, Total Vindication full reinstatement and back pay for three Barrington, Rhode Island teachers for they be, they were fired for refusing the COVID injection. And the lawyer uh, said the teachers have been made whole. It is as if they were never fired. Now, I would love to see this also for the nurses. Although the thing is, if they were rehired and given back pay, I would also like to see them the next day quit and take the money that they lost and put it into like remnant nursing and nurse freedom network because they're no longer congruent with the mandates and requirements of what the allopathic nursing system is within hospital settings and clinic settings to do things that now are a violation of their fundamental belief system or core beliefs about not harming first do no harm don't poison people back to health that that's changed so my ideal would be get them everybody rehired back pay and then leave and then take all of that to do what you're doing with less of an economic, uh, let's say challenge that I know you and others are, are going through right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say that we, you know, remnant is really starting to gain its wings. Um, we are starting to, we're, we're not soaring yet, but we're starting to flap our wings a little bit. But uh, so we are, we're getting so many inquiries, phone calls, emails about our services. Um, we are now providing in-home nursing services. I think as more and more uh, as people start to become aware of what's happening, they are realizing, Robert, that they are safer at home with a nurse mm -hmm. receiving supportive care than they yeah. are in the hospital. And that's just a fact. That's just a fact. You're going to have one nurse there with you if you're you know, need, needing supportive care like supplemental oxygen or IV therapies. You know, nurses are trained to recognize uh, if you're having, you know, a decline or, you know, you need to have an escalation of care. But the wonderful thing about that is that if you do need to have a transfer of care to a hospital, um, our nurse goes right there with you. So yeah. now you have an advocate at the bedside. It would be great to have yeah. that kind of support. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, I was thinking about your ability as a nurse trained to often catheterize when need be. In yeah. extreme circumstances, a lot of people, whether they be elderly or not, suffering from recurrent UTIs, uh, partly because of, you know, bad or poor hygiene related to catheter. But if you haven't been catheterized and you might need that to flush the bladder with uh, the, the bioactive form of silver that we talk about here to eliminate the use and abuse of antibiotics to the point of just destruction and inability of an antibiotic to work when you want to use it or need it. Um, what have you learned over the last year about options beyond antibiotics? Yeah, and I've, I've learned so much from you personally. I've learned about the, you know, the silver, the copper, all of that, um, you know, and, and using food, using food naturally um, to heal the body and giving the body all of the, the tools it needs. It's an amazing and wonderful thing, and it will heal itself if we give it the right support and the right tools. Um, so I've enjoyed everything that I uh, have picked your brain about, um, and I, I'm actually making notes as you're talking about that silver. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay, that's something to look into. And, you know, we want to make sure that we're providing the most, um, you know, holistic care possible. We were approaching, every, no, nobody is, it's not one size fits all. Everybody's sure. individualized at, um, at remnant nursing. So, but we are again, starting to do, to um, provide these in-home services. We've had a hundred percent positive feedback so far. So with, with that being said, if you're a nurse 
and you are looking for opportunities like this, please reach out to us. You can send us an email at info at nursefreedomnetwork.org um, because we are looking to contract nurses uh, that are uh, like-minded. Uh, they are, all of our nurses are vetted by the way, um, to make sure that they are um, vetted, they are adhering to the tenets of medical freedom, autonomy, informed consent. That yeah. has to be kept foremost in your practice. If it's not, we don't want you, I'm sorry. Um, Let's be clear about it, right? Yeah. Okay. yeah you know. the standards and, and the parameters of participation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If you're not speaking up and speaking out boldly against what's happening, then we don't want you. Um, but it's, it's for more than just nurses, because there are also we're going to have positions for CNAs, uh, so nurses, aides, PCAs, um, mm -hmm. personal care, uh, patient care assistants, uh, medical assistants. We will need non-licensed personnel as well, because not everybody needs nursing care in the home. A lot of them just need support with their ADLs or activities of daily living. So um, we have opportunities for all of these uh, people. So if you are in agreement with what we're doing at Nurse Freedom Network at Remnant Nursing, please reach out to us. Um, and uh, we are building that referral network and we're, we're putting people in homes and uh, giving them uh, incredible opportunities to make income. Well, if you're just tuning into the Robert Scott Bell Show today, heading into the weekend with my good friend Kimberly Overton from the Nurse Freedom Network and Remnant Nursing and more. Uh, next hour, we've got scheduled my good pal, my buddy and yours, hopefully everybody's, uh, Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center. Uh, how do we nullify uh, unconstitutional mandates and prohibitions? Is it all about who's president or can we have more control by doing the right thing on the localist of local levels? We'll talk about that. And speaking of different uh, levels of locality, various uh, events are coming up. Super Don will show at the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. We'd love for you or any of any of you to join us at any of these events. Uh, speaking of a, a man of integrity, Dr. Moore, Kirk Moore, who has been uh, uh, indicted by the federal government for disposing of government property, a.k.a. COVID injection material, unbeknownst to anybody who knows what's in it, at the request of patients who were told that they would lose their job or their kids would lose their ability to go to school or have events without getting the jab. And he's allegedly... Uh, gave injections that were more saline or saline himself instead of the jabs and dumped the jabs and yet complete awareness of the parents that requested this. And he is being uh, uh, persecuted and prosecuted by the feds. And there's an event at the university of Utah, uh, doctors for Dr. Moore, May 20th. And uh, there's a number of docs and people are supporting uh, him as well. We hope you uh, take a look at that and, and you can go to stand for Dr. Moore as well. Uh, there's a give, send, go support. Also, the movie Spellers is going to be uh, played in a theater uh, May 22nd. Thanks to my friend Kristen Chevrier from Your Health Freedom. And and it's it's been played online through the um, Children's Health Defense and I think Dell Big Tree and the High Wire. Also, we have the Advanced Medicine Conference for any of you doctors and nurses and any kind of uh, holistically inclined healthcare provider to join us at the fifth annual advanced medicine conference in st louis missouri memorial day weekend 27th 28th 29th i'll be there speaking and emceeing that event and then right after that the we the patriots usa event national conference and that's happening in boise idaho my good friend brian hooker james lyons weiler dr jack Brian cole's going to be there peter mccullough and uh, peter's been a great supporter of uh, kimberly overton and the nurse freedom network as well we extend our gratitude to him that's june 2nd and 3rd boise idaho and then June 24th, 2023, Loveland, Colorado, uh, about 45 minutes an hour north, I'm guessing, of uh, Denver. Um, this is a great event. June 24th, Real Solutions for Healthy Living. I'll be there speaking and 
Uh, we'll have all of these places where I'm at. We usually pour shots of uh, silver and copper. That's not injected. It's drunk shots, right? Like in college. Remember that? Good stuff. And uh, uh, shots of Cardio Miracle usually as well. Then we've got the Goodies Farms Homestead in southwest Missouri hosting the RSB Family Union, the first of its kind, July 14th, 15th, and 16th. Limited space available. There'll be food, family, campfire, music, learning, healing, homesteading, and organic pie. That's where we're going to have some great eats there as well. Uh, you can re- reserve your spot. That's July 14th or 16th. Then the Maho Summer Splash uh, for the natural products industry, the health food stores there, July 21st, 22nd, 23rd. I've just learned that on the 21st, I will be speaking at uh, Whitaker Farm Farm Market, I think it's called. Uh, Jocelyn Whitaker and the family there, they've hosted me before. It's been a few years. And I'll be speaking there on Friday the 21st as well as the Maho event uh, the, uh, the rest of the weekend in Columbus, Ohio. Then we've been invited to speak at, I've been, and uh, this is going to be great, the Cancer Control Society, 48th Annual Cancer Convention, September 2nd through 6th, basically the Labor Day weekend, Glendale, L.A., California. And then, Kimberly, you might want to consider this one, the Biomed Expo, September 14th through 17th. Maybe we can tag on a nurse event at this thing. I'll put you in touch with uh, the person putting it on. Um, That's the Biomed Expo, September 14th through 17th in Las Vegas, Nevada, at the Alexis Park Resort. Then the Red Pill Expo in Des Moines, Iowa, August 12th and 13th. This is why I'm glad I'm home most of this month, because if you look at the schedule, I'm never going to be home. It's ridiculous. Uh, Also, the 8th Annual Your Health Freedom Gallon Symposium, Kristen Chevrier putting that on, 6th and 7th of October, followed by the granddaddy of all the Health Freedom events, Health Freedom Expo, October 14th through 15th, uh, and that's in outside of Chicago, and that's a wonderful event. There'll be more added to that. Can you believe it? Yes. While we have the opportunity to travel and see one another, support one another, please, as Kimberly has said, with the nurse events as well, take the time. It's I know it can be hard, but you will be richly rewarded by interacting with one another, finding out there are people that are here to uplift you and to be uplifted by you. Uh, Kimberly, I'm a little tired from going through all the upcoming events. Take over. Oh, wait, wait, we got to add one. I can't believe I almost forgot this. And I know, I bet you anything, Tia Severino is, is watching and she will yes. just just be so mad at me if I don't mention this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually speaking um, at June uh, 7th and 8th in Atlanta, mm-hmm. Georgia, the uh, Children's Health Defense and Next Steps in uh, coordination with one another are putting on an amazing event. It's going to be a rolling uh, freedom rally to um, commemorate uh, Simpsonwood. I'm sure you're familiar with yeah, that. Of course. Yes. So that's going to be a really incredible event. Um, so myself, there'll be vaccine injured there. I believe uh, Dr. Brian Hooker will be there um, and some other amazing speakers. Uh, so that's going to be June 7th and June 8th. And that is in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I wish I could think of the, the website. But Children's Health Defense has it up on their website. Okay. And and I'm sure uh, Tia with Next Steps will have some yes. kind of link to it as well. Thanks for sharing uh-huh. that and glad you're going to be out and about and yeah. at these events and hope to see you at some of them as well. Uh, so there's other stories here I want to cover with you, if you don't mind, Kimberly, including the U.S. failure to recognize natural immunity, apparently a negatively affected pandemic response. This is according to an NIH scientist. I would like to think this is a moment of duh. I mean, where aware in immunology did they say that, well, this time it doesn't matter, natural immunity. You know, all that acknowledged in immunology, of course, natural immunity is, is equivalent or superior to, I would say, to any kind of artificially induced injected immunity. Uh, but uh, are we just now coming to our senses that we abandon natural immunity and what's the casualty cost as we talked about the excess mortality elsewhere in England and other places? Yeah, absolutely absurd. What they, you know, no natural immunity for the first time ever in the history of um, 
uh, of infectious disease, as far as I know, that where they were just not recognizing. We, we've never, you know, vaccinated or thought about vaccinating the already immune. Um, that's never been a thing until now, until COVID. And then we weren't really looking at um, the hyperimmune response and the risks associated with that by vaccinating the already immune um, that already had the antibodies prepped and ready to go, and and uh, as we know, can have catastrophic results. So. Um, I, I could never understand that from the very beginning of the pandemic, when why we weren't recognizing natural immunity, um, right. and was thankful to have uh, doctors um, Ryan Cole, Dr. Richard Urso, uh, Dr. Robert Malone, and Dr. Denise Sibley came out to um, to Tennessee and and testified on a bill to recognize natural immunity in the state of Tennessee. So we're very grateful for them for doing that, because unfortunately the rest of the world has lost the collective minds. I don't know. Well, really, seriously. It's an immune deficiency of the mind uh, to be Seriously. able to think critically and clearly on these issues. Uh, also, if you've heard some of the physicians and nurses, we've featured it on this show, the antibody-dependent enhancement and or pathogenic priming scenario of cytokine storming people to death uh, because they're injecting these things into people that already have immunity as well uh, and priming the overreaction. And, of course, one of the things I've argued for is reduction safely of cytokine storms, not by... Uh, destroying the immune system or destroying the liver, like with prednisone or methylprednisone, which I recognize it has a place as a crisis intervention, but to up the available uh, copper stores of the body, which the body uses metabolically, copper to cool systemic inflammatory responses safely with a side benefit of enhanced liver function and product. You know, this is an amazing thing. Again, going back to nature, going back to the substances of creation, including the minerals, as opposed to looking to suppress force. And, you know, it's a violent interaction, the drugging methodology. And again, I acknowledge that there are places and times where it can be life-saving, but if we paid more attention to all of the basics in uh, the ideas of nutrition and mineral presence or absence, we could preclude the need for those, many of those interventions outside of a, getting hit by a car or a bus or shot by a bullet. Right, exactly. And you'll be happy to know, Robert, that I have been uh, downing my copper every day, twice yeah, a day, yeah. <laughs> twice a day. And I've, I've told you earlier, so if I sound a little off today, yeah, that's exactly it. Thank you. Copper and copper. Yeah. Yep. If I sound a little off today, it's because I'm on day three of a detox and I have not had caffeine in three days. And anybody who knows me knows I like live on caffeine and I run on function on caffeine. So if I seem a little like, oh, she's, she sounds like she's not making any sense today, that's why. You are making um, sense and you're actually being nice to me. Considering I'm always nice to you. What do you mean? It's Kevin. Not I'm not usual. Wait, no, it's silly. We have <laughs> so much fun together and, and our buddy yeah. Kevin Tuttle, who uh, is uh, out visiting a friend uh, this week from uh, back in the military days and. Uh, just it's so so silly. In fact, I remember, didn't you post something that was absolutely absurd? We were in the car with you at one of the yes. trips. I forget what it was, but we were like totally lost in what you were asking us. Both Kevin and I completely missed it. And it yes, was uh, I was I called because I call him PETA. Right, PETA. And we didn't know what it was. It stood he for. It we were thinking you were you're you know claiming he's a a a, a loaf of pita bread or some loaf we call it you'd foot put some nice uh tabbouleh in it or falafel in oh it that sounds good i yeah, know right now i'm fasting and here i did it to myself i, told I was gonna you say you said food. don't mention food i did it to myself i can't blame anybody not even super don uh but it wasn't pita apparently i still don't even remember as we do this again it's like it escapes me <laughs> yes yeah it's an acronym pita p-i-t-a mm -hmm. Is it, is it safe for a fr family friendly show? I didn't even remember if it was um, safe. You know, it's like PG 13. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, 
All right. If anybody knows what that means, then put it in the chat room if you can. If anybody uh, knows Kevin, they know what it means. Yes. So, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Is the first word pain? It is. Okay. All right. So I think everybody knows it now. Uh, by the way, if you're joining us on the Robert Scott Bell show, you can go to robertscottbell.com slash listen for live uh, interactivity. We have a chat room there at robertscottbell.com. Please sign up for the newsletter at robertscottbell.com or text my initials RSB to the number 22828. That number is 22828. Send RSB and you will be prompted to enter your email address just like you see on the screen there and become part of our newsletter family so you can be plugged into all the goings on and as well as special offers and upcoming events, things like that that Super Don connects you to. And he curates the news like nobody as far as the stories that you'll get to see uh, as well. So thank you as well for your support there. And those of you who want to be patron supporters of the Robert Scott Bell Show, you can do that. And we have monthly Zoom meetings, AMAs, Ask Me Anything. It's quite a nice community. And you can access all the previous ones by supporting us through Patreon. That's another option. And uh, let's see, what else we got going on in the stories coming up here? Uh, let's see, study finds. Oh, that's, oh, next hour. We've got some interesting things to talk with Michael Bolden about um, confessions of chat GPT. I, I don't want even want to read it yet i want to have that be a surprise for me tomorrow uh so here's one I, w I do want to talk to you about kimberly because i've you know you know me from meeting me and how i like to eat in fact you know when we were in nashville we would ride across the city practically the state to get there we were going to the urban market which urban market yeah organic options on were mostly organic food and otherwise i would rather fast because you know i don't want to feel so ill when i eat and it's not because I'm weak that I feel ill. It's the strength of a healthy body that rejects toxic poisons, sometimes violently, in fact, through vomiting, diarrhea, et cetera, when you put wrong things in. And when you stop reacting, for instance, to fast food with some kind of gastrointestinal distress, that's not you being healthy. That's your body no longer reacting to things that it should react to because it's adapted to the chronic exposure. So it's a lesser form of survivability, but it's survivability in a chronic state. So now the EPA, it wants to green light another chemical link to reproductive and developmental issues, a pesticide uh, that, uh, well, a lot of the kids' foods are the things that they want to spray this thing on. And it sounds like it's related to paraquat. It's called chlormaquat, chlormaquat. And it's, a, it's amazing what the, the EPA, a captured agency, is willing to do to poison the food supply. You, you think environmental protection which is external and internal and they're doing anything but that yeah i i would i would say we have to start growing our own food and you know i'm a city girl i'm from boston and i'm so i'm, I'm gonna be a little bit lost right there but you know i don't hear that accent at all you don't hear it it's not no where's boston i'm actually i'm i'm a i'm a common law um southerner now okay. you know i've been in tennessee 20 been years adopted, so. as have i well, from the north exactly to the south. But I mean, there's there's like literally no end in sight to what they're the, the different directions that they're coming at us, whether it be, you know, the food we eat, the water we drink, the air we breathe, they're, they're coming at us from every angle. So we really have to learn how to be sustainable, self-sufficient and sustainable, um, whether it be growing our own food or eating organic. Robert, you would be so proud of me this week because I <laughs> I ate so good and I kept thinking, I said, Robert would be so proud of these meals that I'm, I was going to send you pictures and everything. Oh my um, Because I, would, I, I actually... Well, you know, it's it's just funny because, you know, I've always, you know, now it's just me now, you know, and I've always said, well, I'm not going to cook a whole meal. It's just me. And, you know, you eat the, you know, the convenient snack foods or, you know, just 
just garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And and I would always say, and I've said for years that I struggle, I just don't have the time for meal prep. I mean, that's so absurd to say that because what I'm really saying, what I was really saying was I didn't have time for myself. Yeah, you and don't love yourself enough to care for yourself. Exactly. And it's exactly it's, it's a it's a hard come to Jesus moment for some of us to to you know that point where we're like, wait a second, God loves me. Jesus loves me. Why don't I love myself enough to take care of myself? And I give all these excuses as to why I won't or can't or et cetera. Yeah. And I, you know, I've always said, don't be the obstacle to the gifts from God, from creation that are always being bestowed unto you or all of us that we just stand in the way because of preconceived notions or uh, we've adopted mantras, if you will. I can't fill in the blank, afford it, et cetera. These are blocks to the flow of the gifts of spirit to us all of the time. And to, you know, I'm just so proud of you here in the, what you're doing now is again, loving yourself enough to give yourself the best because you deserve it. You are that worthy. I thought, you know, I I came to that revelation, um, you know, on day one, it might've been just from the caffeine withdrawal. I don't know, but I came to that revelation on day one. I was like, you know what? I was like, not only am I worthy of a good nutritious meal, I'm worthy of the time it takes to prepare it. So, you know, if it takes me an hour to cook a good nutritious meal, that's, that's okay. You know, that's okay. And, and so there's not going to be any more of uh, me thinking that I'm not worthy of, uh, of nutrition or a good nutritious meal. Mm-hmm. Um, so all organic from now on, I'm not saying I'm not going to mess up every now and then, but hopefully not. No, I, and I, you know me, I don't yell at you or anybody that doesn't. And I, and I try to say this very upfront for people. It's like, look, this is the lifestyle I've decided to lead because of my ailments and illnesses. I do not condemn anybody that doesn't do what I do, but I will try to inspire and even engage intellectually to explain why it may be more important than you realize or important at all. And at a certain point, if that clicks on, you'll go, oh, yeah, it makes sense. And then you'll see, you'll strengthen, you'll become what I perceive to be a living example for others to achieve things that we would say are impossible because we're programmed to believe they're not possible. And then you become the impossible and you make it possible. And then others are now inspired and can do it too. We all need living examples for this. Exactly. And I think, you know, doing what I'm doing now and wanting to care for other people, I mean, I, how can I effectively care for others if I'm not caring for myself? I can't. And none of us can. And we, we can't continue to pour from an empty cup. And nurses historically do that. We yeah. are some of the men, most unhealthy population you'll ever come across. There's been actual studies done that have shown that. Um, so it's time, I, I feel like, and that's what I really wanted to pray with remnant nursing was that, that um healthier and non-toxic environment where we're all going to be able to thrive um, whether that be with our own health and then we're better able to take care of our clients as well yeah beautiful i want to say thanks to nutritional frontiers as well one of the things that i've in, in, in integrated into my daily routine and strategy is to you know counteract exposure to things like glyphosate that even if i'm all organic we can't control for some of the overspray other things and um, the NRDMG lozenges have been easy to travel with. They have a liquid too, but the DMG I learned from Judy Mikovits as well is so critical in terms of counteracting some of the glyphosate exposure. It also has immune benefits and other things. So uh, NRDMG you can get from uh, nutritionalfrontiers.com. Enter the code RSB15 to get that 15% discount. Uh, even all sale items, 15%, you can double dip on things. And that's thanks to Jamie Dorley and the crew at Nutritional Frontiers. And this is their organic certified organic U.S. grown CBD hemp. That helps me get through the day when I'm really upset. Yes, I do get upset too about the craziness out there wanting to stop it, but I can't do it. I can't be delusional, but I'll help to manage the stress in that way, as well as just doing the show. It's a cathartic experience for me each day to unload all the burdens that I 
you know, seemingly carry or carried it in my early years when I wanted to heal everybody from everything because I suffered, right? And we can't do that. But again, to be a living example is a wonderful thing. And Kimberly is now engaged in that more and more every every time I see you and connect with you. Another thing I want to say a shout out in terms of uh, exposure to toxic poisons, even ionizing radiation exposure, is the uh, B- my friend Bobri Oren. I, I think you've met Bobri originally from uh, Georgia when it was part of the Soviet Union and Israel and came to America and brought us the uh, Folium products, Folium PX. If you go to foliumpx.com, this is the stuff my mom is on at 89 now, bringing that energy back so she can go out dancing again, uh, which is a nice, beautiful miracle. Supercharged, I call it a Chernobyl-level antioxidant, a botanical a blend. It's amazing. It's brilliant. It's scientifically uh, backed and, and validated. And more clinical experience and more clinical res- reports are only strengthening my resolve that this is another thing to put into your daily regimen. Foliumpx.com, there's the Foliumpx original and then there's folium immuno and folium relax. And people are going, dude, I'm just like sleeping better. My energy's good. So y'all check that out. RSB 10, get 10% off. And we'll hope to see uh, Bobby, I think, is going to come to the Las Vegas event and maybe some others as well. Uh, so as we uh, wrap up the last few minutes here with you, Kimberly, uh, uh, other messages, questions, comments, things that I can do to help you guys. Again, I want to participate, maybe run protocols for all the nurses to say, here's what wow. you can do instead. This is actually how to do it. Because the practical stuff, you need it. Yeah, we would love it. You know, we, you know, the nurses, like I said, are all very allopathically trained, and we are all, very, but we're all very open to to learning. We want to work with these holistic providers, the naturopaths, um, the uh, holistic nurses, holistic providers, um, homeopathy, all of it. We are so open to learning all of these new things and how we can best care for uh, the clients that we are serving. Um, so with that, we'll, we will definitely talk and connect and, and see what we can do to make that happen. But I just would encourage everybody um, as my closing remarks to please go and uh, support and sign that the Great Lester Declaration. It is a quick three minute read. If you agree with everything that uh, we, we've done as far as um, you know, standing for the vaccine injured, uh, you know, standing against the vaccine mandates and the lockdowns and all of the corruption of the captured agencies, uh, then you'll want to you'll want to sign uh, this this declaration. And you can find that links will be in uh, the show notes here. But you can find that again on my Substack, which is nursefreedomnetwork.substack.com. I'm doing it right now as we speak. Yes, yes. Be a living example, Robert. Sign. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And this is what I am doing. Hold on, stand by. You keep talking, Kimberly, while I do this. I'll keep talking. I could talk for days. You know that. I know that. You you take it away, girl. Yeah. So, yeah, like, um, and I I have to mention, too, you've mentioned the folium. I have added the folium PX to my regimen as well, as well as I replaced my caffeine in the morning with cardio miracle. So, Nice. That yeah, I'm I'm doing all the things, you know. Finally, it takes me a while. Um, and my chiropractor is so he's so funny. Maybe he's watching. Probably not. But <laughs> um, but uh, he he uh, gave me wedges to do some exercises with. I talked with him today. I connected with him, and I said, "You wouldn't believe it. I'm actually using the damn things." <laughs> he was shocked as I was. I'm not the most compliant person. Many nurses are not. So. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing all the things uh, and we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Better better days are ahead. I already feel 100% better. Nice. Let me see. Is there anything? Comment privately. Did I show my name? That's fine. Keep me informed. That's fine. Uh, let's see here. Sign petition. I'm clicking it now. Oops. You, uh, you Your name includes characters we don't allow. What does that mean? It okay. means you're a character. I am a character. How about that? Uh, let's see if that works now. Signing it. Yes, dude, I did it. 
All right. Yeah. So I have followed through to be a living example to my friend, uh, Kimberly Overton. Nurse Thank Freedom so Network, much. Remnant Nursing, and uh, all the other events that we get to connect on. It's just so wonderful having you in my life and having you, you know, in the family of the Robert Scott Bell Show. And for all of the fellow nurses and doctors out there that have connected through what Kimberly's doing or inspired by it like I am, here, part of the show, you're always welcome here. This is a family of uh, healers. And even if you're not an officially designated nurse, doctor, whatever, you're a healer by being part of the human family. And if you sit down or stand up, whatever, and just listen to somebody, sometimes that's the greatest healing gift you can give. Genuinely listen, much less the idea of a nurse being able to touch, you know, that physical touch allows for a connection that they tried to prevent from happening during the COVID crazy years where they said, you must divide, you must hide, you must isolate the most anti-human and anti-God perspective. You know, we are here to, to, to celebrate and enjoy the life that we have. Even, you know, there are times of suffering too. We've all been there. And maybe some of you are suffering currently, but to come together and support and love one another, to praise, to sing, to celebrate, to worship, to dance, all of those things is a message that we love to, to share here and actually put into action when we get out and about together. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on again, Robert. I appreciate you. Always a pleasure to be with you. Well, Kimberly, as I wrap up this hour, we had uh, Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center joining us. You, I don't think you've met Michael Bolden officially yet. I don't think so. All right. If you come out like to maybe Cancer Control Society's thing, that's going to be the weekend in in L.A. There's there's Michael Bolden. Um, he uh, he is already stealing your thunder. I was going to ask you to say the thing I say at the end of every hour of the show before we wrap up and move to hour two. You were asking me to say that. Yeah. Just read uh, Michael Bolden's uh, nameplate there. You know, oh, like, oh, the power to heal is yours. Of course. Is it wrong to be super excited every two weeks on the Robert Scott Bell show every two weeks when my pal, Michael Bolden shows up? I know it's weird. It's like, I know it's like you guys friends. Yeah, we're friends. Are you <laughs> implying that you're bored all the rest of the time? The of you the only time get now. excited every two weeks. No, no. Just pumping up, uh, making, making my buddy, my extra pal feel excited. Good, right. Cause he gets attacked from the left and the right. It's just not right. I don't like all these attacks on Michael Bolden and the 10th amendment center. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Exactly. All the integrity he brings to it and their attack. What is that? No. So I love bringing him on because it's only love here. It's all love. And uh super Don, you got the love as a grandpa does for grandkids, but I, I think you, you rather like Michael Bolden as well and look forward to his appearance here on the Robert Scott Bell show. Yeah, I don't know if he would be as content sitting in a high chair eating baby snacks right now, though. <laughs> Maybe. Might. Maybe. Michael Bolden would probably take pictures of that food to show everybody. Look at I this. So. I'm organic right. baby food. Isn't this awesome? Yeah. It's the best. Whether it's vegan or not, I don't know. What is that? It is organic. So. Organic for baby yogurt melts. Yeah, there you go. Sounds like fun. It works. Snacks. All right. So we ready to bring this guy on? Yeah. Also, did you see there was a question that came in as well? I'm going to answer sometime this hour, if you don't mind. about The uh, pinched nerve. And I think Michael Bolden might have something to say about he it. Might be, he might relate to that. He yeah. might relate to that. Yeah.
I noticed in, in there he is. I noticed in that opening for Michael Bolden, the special thing that Superdom put together. Uh, there's great pictures there, including one of them with me and Michael and my son Elijah. And Elijah's always said, "Yeah, I like that Michael Bolden guy. I really like him." Uh, <laughs> so uh, great guy because even even the kids like him. Michael, welcome back. Is that too much? I'm That's super excited every two weeks myself. You are. Okay. I didn't know if I was going to frighten you away with so much love, you know? Okay. Well, it was a great time hanging out with you guys. Uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. All right. too much. I knew it. <laughs> I painted it on too thick. Oh, well, nice. Have you nice having you back for the moment. Anyway, what do you want to talk about? Well, I don't know if we want to get the pain question out of the way first that came in, in the first hour. And I really, do it. I, uh, I spent a lot of time with pain. So, yeah, so let me put that. Can you show that? Here it is. This is from uh, Rod PB49. Uh, and this is in our chat room at robertscatbell.com. It says, hi, Robert. I have a pinched nerve at C7. That's cervical vertebrae 7. For the, those of you the chiropractic family, you understand that. I have pain going down my right side. My doctor wants me to have a steroid injection. Is there something else that I could do instead of the steroid injection? Thank you. Now, uh the cervical and the thoracic, C7 is pretty low. It's almost at that, that point. And I, I look at this area, and I'm just going to add my perspective on it, and I'm going to ask you for yours, Michael, how you've dealt with some of the back pain issues you've had as well. Um, that often indicates you know, where it's happening, what side of the body. It tells me a little bit about it. The right side of the body, pains that are you know unilateral and on one side or the other tell me a little bit too, including the, the relationship and connection to the liver. Uh, and it's very close to the chelidonium point this guy's describing. I've talked about that being the liver, the top end of the liver. And I had that history of that kind of pinched nerve pain going back to my college years before I even started my healing journey. And then when I was introduced to chiropractic and it was, you know, constant adjustments, but it never really held long term because I was toxic as well. So for me, that's a part of the process of putting the good things in. Yes, CBD can help. Hypericum perforatum is a homeopathic form of St. John's wort that can help as well. Kratom can help. Chiropractic adjustments can help. Uh, copper can help, can reduce inflammation systemically and locally, as well as silicon or silica, which is these are both connective tissue minerals that can help with integrity of regeneration of the myelin, as well as uh, if we talk about bulging discs, for instance, systemic and local inflammation. These are the things, including essential fatty acids, along with CBD, can also help to break the cycle of having to resort to something that I highly do not recommend, even though you'll get temporary benefit from the reduction in pain, a steroid injection, but liver toxicity, immune dysfunction, and a worsening of the problem because it stops the signaling to tell the body, hey, we need healing here, and it goes away, and then you have further degradation over time and could end up in chronic pain, not just in acute pain. So, Michael Bolden, tell us about your back issue because we've we've talked about it on the air as well. Man, this is uh, this is some pure Tenth Amendment stuff right here today. Mm -hmm. I have uh, some issues with bulging or herniation in the disc at L five S one all the way down at the bottom of my back, and when I have problems, it is one hundred percent because I'm not taking care of myself properly. I mean, once I once I learned that I injured myself. And I just re-injured it because things were going so well after I first had a bad time with it four years ago that I just wasn't being responsible for taking care of my core. I wasn't focusing on the anti-inflammatory part as much as I should. Mm. A few other things to add to what RSB said regarding uh, anti-inflammatory. Also, I also use um, 
What's the cayenne pepper on tons of things? Turmeric all the time. Curcumin, if I can get that in a pill form, for example. Can I recommend a book? Yeah. What is that? This is sitting on my desk. It's by a guy named Dr. Stuart McGill. He's considered the leading spine expert. It's just back mechanic. Back mechanic. It's basically what he does is he goes through how traditional, (laughs) traditional doctors don't know anything about backs. And what they want to do is prescribe an injection that lasts 12 to 18 months, covers up the problem. Uh, they want to prescribe surgery and uh, maybe they'll fuse things. But if you don't actually understand how your back works and what causes the problem and how to do what McGill calls is, uh, I think he calls it spine cleansing, basically understanding where the problem is mm-hmm. and how to actually have uh, good posture and motion throughout the day without hurting it and strengthening your core, you really shouldn't. He said like 90 some odd percent of most, uh, most surgical or uh, injection uh, excuses are really just never needed. So yeah. this book has been wonderful for me. When I follow it, I do well. When I don't, I don't. And is so that guy still around? Is, Could we get him on the show? Not today, oh, obviously, but if, if he's. Yeah, he does interviews on YouTube. I think he does not run his clinic anymore, but I see him regularly. I, I would love Do- to bring him Dr. on. Dr. Stuart McGill, he uh, he talks about really with the core, with back issues, for me, especially with a lower back, if you're having bulging, for example, it's because I'm flexing too much and it's putting so much pressure that eventually uh, the disc kind of bursts out towards the back. It sticks out a little bit. And when it does, it causes pressure on a nerve mm-hmm. and that nerve. And we know you can tell where where you have the damage in your back from based on where you're getting pain. So if I have uh, nerve tingling going down uh, my glutes and down the back of my thigh and into my foot, then I know that it's probably the nerve that connects at mm-hmm. the S1 spot. And so then you understand where it's coming from and then what you need to do to adjust your posture to take the weight mm-hmm. off of it, do decompression so you can kind of work that uh, disc back in. And it worked great for me when I followed it and when I stopped. Yeah. It didn't. Well, you, you talk about bad biomechanics is another way to describe it. It's really, that's, oh, yeah. and that would be the yeah. best way to describe it. Yeah. So brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. In addition, I knew you'd have some more to, to add for. It's uh, sitting here on my desk, yeah. uh, along yeah. with some CBD yeah. and, and all the Robert Scott Bell paraphernalia that I'm. Yes. Yeah, so and I want to recommend that transdermal CBD that uh, our friends at Nutritional Frontiers had. Cause you know, when I've had like achy joint back, whatever, putting that on it's like a warm blanket that just envelops you in this like oh my gosh it really worked faster than anything and it has a unique patented way to drive it in so that for our friend there asking the question um go to cbdnf.com and they have the transdermal you can get and try it locally they'll they'll even send you a sample if you're part of the robert scott bell show family which you are to try it if you want to get a little one to see uh and they're wonderful in supporting us that way so michael bolden thank you and and you know what uh, the parallels I was hearing you as you were speaking about treating symptoms as opposed to going to the root cause. I think that's a lot about what the 10th amendment center is about, not treating symptoms. You are skilled at this whole broadcast thing. This is the transition, but a good one, because remember I always brought or tempted to bring my thought form in going to root cause in a physiological health or other way, bringing that to the body politic. Yeah, and trying to you know mirror that, and again, I see that's what you have dedicated your life to do as well. I love that you have the ability now to parallel the health issues of the body in that way. I'm so so pleased. 
Well, my thought process is basically the same when I'm addressing problems all the time. So now that it's expanded towards trying to take care of myself and then I, really what the positive thing, at least the silver lining is, is you're responsible, you're responsible for your own well-being. And that's why I put for my <laughs> screen name today, the power to heal is yours. I know when I'm not doing well, that I've done something wrong. And I also know that I can get myself to the right place again, as long mm -hmm. as I understand the mechanics of it all. And I think the same thing goes for government as well. And we can talk about all kinds of stuff with that too. Sure. Well, Grandpa Super Don, bring him into the mix here. Find out what we want to do today with you. Uh, he's he, he drives the show. I, I'm just kind of hanging out in the back seat. Uh, it's funny about backseat driving, guys. My son I drive the show. Yes, really. you do. Yes. Nobody knows, but I, I like to tell people anyway. Uh, but you know, it's funny how um yeah, my son is like my wife in some ways. You know how you have these traits that you'll get from mom and dad, certain things this way. I so don't know what you guys are doing in Utah, but no, it's not like what you're thinking, Michael. But <laughs> in terms of backseat driving, and it's just a, a funny joke at this point. I just laugh and my wife laughs as you hear him go, Hey, you need to be in that lane, you know, like 10 miles from now, I do. But my wife would say that too. She would be over 10 miles in advance to be ready. And I'm like, no, I'm going to move with traffic around that. I'll get over when I'm ready. Uh, but that kind of concept is, is funny. But uh, Super Don doesn't do that, fortunately, unless I really go off the rails and they'll go, hey, we need to talk, buddy. Yeah, there's some therapy that you tend to get into. <laughs> it's true. Super D. So what do you guys want to talk about? This is going to be a thing. I, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Going we can What's... go back. Let's go back and forth for like a half hour. What do you want to talk what about? What do you want to? Yeah. What do you want for dinner? I don't have know. Have you guys you been talking about CBDCs lately? Uh, a little we bit. We have yeah. talked about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Not as in depth, but uh, I, it was funny. Uh, not so funny, but I had a, uh, someone reach out to me uh, from. I, I, now I don't have all the details coming back, except that she saw me speak at Batar's event in, um, well, it's not Glendale, but it was Pasadena, you know, and yeah. I think it was 2019, uh, the advanced medicine conference. She's like, I came in, you it were was speaking Pasadena. About, yes. Yeah. You were there. Cause you were, we were, I was speaking even then on the real ID, the digital yes. ID. And I was talking about the, the risk to vaccine passports by any other name. And she remembered that. And she thought, well, that's kind of crazy, but oh, it's interesting what you're saying. And she said that things she learned there helped her save her dad's life. So it was one of those heart moments where mm. you, you get that Michael Bolden, you saved me, right? Kind of moments. And you're like, well, thank you. I, I, you don't often hear that. And it's nice to hear it. Uh, but on that issue, again, you've been at it with the 10th Amendment Center warning on the uh, the Real ID Act. And there was another article that came out. Here we are since, what, 2005 when it was first proffered. Yeah, so we're 15. Real ID Act is not in full effect. Now, in some states it is. I think in Texas, they have like an 87% compliance rate. But in Kentucky, for example, it's only 17%. So when people are, so Texas, they don't give people the option and they still can't get 100% compliance. In <laughs> Kentucky, they give people the option of whether or not they want the real ID card or not. And only 17% as of December 22, 22, have actually opted for the new national ID card. And because of this, we've seen year in and year out, they continually tell us, well, in the spring, we're going to start fully enforcing it. You're not going to be able to get on a plane or go into a federal government building. Not that we really want to go into government buildings, but you're yeah. not going to be able to travel unless you get these new real ID licenses. And every year that they say that they're going to do that, it sounds very ominous. We see signs for months in airports. If you're traveling, you probably see this. 
And then when the deadline comes, they quietly do a press release in late December during the holiday season, during Christmas time, when people aren't paying attention as much. And they say, oh, well, we got to push it back. And they did this yet again. We really thought that they were going to implement this finally because they've been badgering the states for many years. And once the political teams changed in Washington, D.C., some of the states that were opposing it under the previous, well, two administrations ago yeah. under the lefties decided to flip a flip a switch. A number of states which had previously opposed started getting on board. So I started thinking, well, they're kind of crumbling. They're going to go in. Mm -hmm. But it turns out that they're not. It's still under 50 percent compliance nationwide. And even the TSA itself said we're delaying till 2025 now. Because there's not, we got to give people more time. It's the state resistance that's causing us logistic problems. So we know that when enough people in enough states say no to a federal program, a federal mandate, as we've seen on cannabis, there's not much the feds can do to shove their laws, regulations, and mandates down our throats. And the same has to be applied to a central bank digital currency because all the things that you warned about, and oh, we were on top of this oh, since I started the organization back in 2006, but not to the level that you were taught. Like we would warn about it as being a pro violation of the constitution. It's unfunded mandate. There's privacy concerns. And I remember first hearing you talk about like, Oh, they're going to add like tracking data on your vaccine staffs. Oh, I love Robert. He's a little, he's a little crazy. You know? But the more that we see them do these things, the more we should recognize, well, mm -hmm. if you and I can think about it, some, sociopath with power certainly has thought of it yeah. and they're going to take advantage of that and do it their first chance they get. So even though they're not there yet, well, they still haven't been able to implement it. We know a central bank digital currency can be used in much the same way, if not worse, if they're basically turning, have an on off switch at the federal reserve or uh, in Washington DC to determine whether or not you could, I mean, they're already doing this. People get deplatformed from payment systems already under the current system. If you can get everybody onto a centralized, controlled digital system where the government can decide who can and cannot uh, access their money, they don't they say they won't take it. Even mm -hmm. China, they don't take the money. You just if you run into problems, you may not be able to use it. So, well, so, and they can program it to, to you know, modify. Expire. It. Yeah, expire or. Um, it'll automatic tax within, payments. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff they can do with it. Yeah. Let's say a, a, a circumference of two miles or five miles from your home or 15 Certainly. minutes from your home. All of these things are very real. And, uh, as we saw, um, recently, uh, Jason Preston, who's a, you know, a, a radio host and he ran for Congress in Utah, uh, confronted governor Cox of Utah, a Republican about the 15 minute city. And man, Cox got hot man he was like there's no such thing why do you keep making this up in the meantime he's been at meetings all about integrating these you know so-called digital 15 minute you know cities as well that are you know aligning I with mean, economic so, did he really say there's no such thing yeah you should see it i mean i mean if he had though. said something like i would never be on board with this that's one thing mm. or there's none in existence yeah. yet in the way you're that you're talking about why do you that's keep lying? One. so yeah we just saw the Federal Reserve put out a series of the Federal Reserve put out a series of tweets this week, mm -hmm. basically a whole thread talking about how this new Fed now system too is only going to be used to enable digital payments between institutions. It's not the foundation for a central bank digital currency. And our view is if they're going out of their way to say there's no way that we're going to use it like this, you better be sure that someone yeah. will want to use it like that.
Yeah, and we're, we are seeing pushbacks from the various states and certain governors. Uh, uh, Superdon just found uh, the Pensacola News Journal reporting on Florida Governor Ron DeSantis banning central bank digital currency. Now, I haven't read the the statement. Is it a, an executive order? Is it a, a legislation? No, we've been covering this. Let me see if it's yeah. actually a real article here. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Check it out. So it says he signed legislation. Friday he signed morning. Senate Bill 54. Okay, so let me take a look. I want to yeah. confirm this. This is real time at... Uh, here. Uh, yeah, it was literally signed today. So Senate Bill 57054 in Florida, what it does. And if you've heard anything about how a number of states are considering legislation to make changes in the UCC uniform yes. commercial code, this is basically the business laws for the states and they tend to be uniform. The idea is, well, if they're the same, then businesses know how to expect things to play out. It just creates consistency. And that part makes sense to some degree. Mm -hmm. But what they were trying to do in a number of states is kind of make kind of open the door for the states, well, to basically to implementation of a central bank digital currency, even though the states aren't going to be the ones doing that. But on the other hand, so uh, we're starting to see in a number of states where they're considering or passing legislation to go into the uniform commercial code where it defines what money is and how businesses, what businesses can accept as money and expressly say a central bank digital currency is not considered money under the uniform commercial code. Mm -hmm. So this was proposed pretty uh, loudly by the governor in Florida about a month and a half ago, and they introduced legislation and they moved it very quickly and it passed both chambers easily. Even in the House, it was 116 to 1, Senate Bill 7054. And I guess just today, maybe in the because I looked this morning and hadn't been signed. So just in the last couple of hours that was signed into law, the same thing was just signed into law about a week ago, I think on the 4th in Indiana. Mm -hmm. There's similar legislation pending in Ohio, House Bill 155, in South Carolina, House Bill 4373, in Alabama. South Dakota, Christy Nome coming on board with something like that. I'm not really, no, I mean, there isn't legislation that we're following. I know there was some back and forth on that, and she did some interviews, but nothing's been done in uh, South, uh, South Dakota to specifically ban the use right. of a CBDC as money. So there's, there's legislation being considered in a bunch of states, Ohio. Uh, Alabama, South Carolina, and there's one pending, I believe, in Arizona, but already passed into law in both Florida and Indiana. And we don't know if this is actually going to be effective. But the bottom line is, if you think like I do, that it's very likely that they're going to try to foist this upon us, we can either sit around and do nothing and just complain about and say, well, uh, you know, this is the inevitable, too bad, so sad. Or we can at least encourage some level of resistance. And I think the resistance comes in a number of forms. One, by these state actions that are moving pretty quickly to say we're not going to count a CBDC as money. But then simultaneously, people need to start moving away from fiat money in the first place because the U.S. dollar is fiat money in and of itself. It's the foundation for the CBDC, which is the logical next step. If government was going to expand its power even further than what it's mm -hmm. done under the Federal Reserve System, under the U.S. dollar, which funds the largest government in history, what else can they do with it besides printing more and devaluing it more? The next level would be to use it as a tool of total control and surveillance, and that's the digital version of it. So people not only should be, in my view, encouraging their own state to say, we're not going to look at a central bank digital currency as money. They just need to look at the legislation that was passed in Florida or uh, in 
Indiana. Yeah. And then uh, also start using real money, gold and silver. Use the goldback, goldback.com. There are four states now that are now finally, after so many years, treating gold and silver as money, as legal tender in the state. Uh, that's Utah, of course, Oklahoma, Wyoming, and just this year, Arkansas. Just yesterday, the Alaska House passed a, a piece of legislation to treat gold and silver as money. There's similar legislation pending in South Carolina, Maine. It'll probably get passed in Missouri and a bunch of other states. So we're starting to see some state level action to take on the Federal Reserve because the feds are never going to end their own central bank. No, and what if they do it anyway and nobody participates? Or That's like, the whole point. Uh, Absolutely. And, and, but people have to start using other things as money than the Federal Reserve money today. Otherwise, it's going to be the easy, logical manipulation by them to say, well, here's your new version. This is your only option. And until they've actually gotten accustomed to a different form of transaction, it's going As to be I difficult. continue to travel around the country and talk about health and healing, I always have to bring, because it's just my nature, the health and healing associated with the economy, with the body politic. Yeah. And I talk about not waiting to grow food when you're hungry. It's too late. You're dead. And not waiting to start utilizing goldbacks or other means of exchange before you have to, you know, when you have to, it's going to almost be too late because nobody will. It's very awkward. It's like, I don't understand how the system works and people are struggling and they're, they're, there's going to be more crime and theft and violence because they've not practiced something that is basic yeah. to our history. Yeah. We've relied upon the devaluing of the paper, you know, that has been removed from, uh, co direct connection and link and limitation of something scarce like gold or silver for that matter. And now uh, why I like the gold back and, and uh, I'm all about any free decentralized option you have, uh, yes. but the idea of having the actual substance in the thing you're using, as opposed to, as we find out relying on it being banked somewhere, and then they find out you never come get it. That's how this whole fiat system and fractional reserve system evolved because no one was coming to get the stuff. They were just using the scripts, if you will. Trade that. You can get it if you want it, but no one did. It made it easy and convenient. So I think some of the technological leaps are, are providing uh, an ability to exchange like gold back. And I don't know, I'm not a big crypto guy, but I'm not opposed to it, but I don't believe that the NSA doesn't have access to all of it. I'm just like, I just can't believe that there's actually ways that they don't also control that. Yeah, I think the best option, of course, is physical notes in exchange, not U.S. dollars, because money is money, as Thomas Paine told us, and paper is paper. Mm -hmm. All the invention of man cannot make otherwise. So the fiat funny money system is not real money. It is a tool to fund the largest government in history. That's bad news. But goldbacks are excellent. And I, the, I'm fully on board with a goldback economy, but we also have to recognize that people aren't going to do all of their, uh, their monetary exchange in person. So these other tools for when people want the convenience right. of doing things online or across borders and things like that, there are other tools that people can use. The key is you don't want it to have a central government <laughs> on off switch, and that's going to take some research. Uh, there are options out. Yeah. There. Beautiful. Well, I love the topic and I love bringing all of these, uh, healing perspectives that go to the root cause as opposed to dancing around the symptoms. And, uh, you know, I was going to ask you about uh, what you've observed of, of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Not that, again, you're all about the president and who's president. We've talked about that. I, I, in terms of uh, participation or non-participation with that system, I, I let people follow their own bliss and I try to bring perspective to 
would I rather have a, a man or woman of integrity in any of these offices? Absolutely. So I don't think it's wrong to participate at the same time. Uh, you know, we look at, uh, what most proposals are the the superficial versus the reality and i see in that guy some interesting perspectives that seem to go to the depth of the core of his being that could have an impact whether he becomes president or not the fact that he'll talk about things and i think he was also impacted by ron paul on certain things about regulatory capture over the years of his changing his stance about the role of government even in environmental issues which he has a lot of street cred on from his work as a private you know person as well um have you followed any of this? What are your perspectives as we're witnessing that going forward? I mean, I don't really have a lot of insight. I'm fascinated by the guy. I mean, we've we've heard about RFK Jr. on the Robert Scott Bell Show for many years, right? So there's definitely an interest in what he has to say. And I think in the worst case scenario, I mean, I think he's polling around 20%, which is almost jaw-dropping. I'm sure he has probably a 10% Kennedy name bump, but that's the whole point. I think he's putting his reputation on the line to get something out there. And he's kind of an old school Democrat. The ones that I think probably all of us are thinking, man, don't you just love the old school Democrats? There are not too many of them left. The ones that really were out there against war and they didn't want, want all this corporatism and yeah. uh, against the banking system instead of in support of bailouts and and interventionism and things like that. So I think he's a throwback to that. And I think that's refreshing and very much needed. I'm sure there's lots of policies that he's uh, interested in that I would find repulsive, just yeah. like, well, most every politician. Yeah. Uh, but if he's going to at least bring a challenge from the left to what we have today. I think that's very positive. Yeah, that was the article I think I just sent sent out. Um, I saw it tweeted out. It was about, uh, there it is, uh, Counterpunch. Oh, I like Counterpunch. Yeah. Counterpunch is a very, like, if you've got issues reading a really hard left publication, Counterpunch is one. It is, uh, it is often as Marxist and avowedly Marxist as can be. But when it comes to the surveillance state, you'll never find them in support of mass warrantless surveillance. They're generally opposed to all interventionism and war, mm -hmm. uh, but they're certainly in support of government being in charge of everything in the economy. So it's hard to kind of put all that together. But there's a lot of interesting stuff over at Counterpunch, and they're consistent mm -hmm. And they were hated by the mainstream left for a number of years because they didn't like the the mainstream candidates. Yeah, and I'm sure they still are. This opinion piece, it's very reasonable. It's There's logic in it. There's something we haven't seen from the left in a while, quite honestly, on many issues. So, again, I appreciate that. And and I you know yeah. you and I and Super Don, we don't claim to be a part of any political party. We'd rather not, even though we would lean libertarian in terms of our freedom perspective. Uh, the reality is, um, you know, the parties are so corrupt, it, it's very rare. But even Ron Paul acknowledged he had to move through the Republican Party to get any kind of traction, uh, you know, running for president, et cetera, to make some shifts in consciousness and intelligence and critical thinking. And yeah, I think Ron Paul also worked very closely with Dennis Kucinich, right. a very hard left progressive, a pure socialist. When it came to foreign policy, they would debate and disagree on other things. But they very much worked closely together. And I thought I watched the RFK Jr., his announcement mm -hmm. speech, and he was introduced by Kucinich. Yeah. I mean, that's some pretty good hard left street cred for the guy there. Yeah, very cool. All right. Well, a chat GPT uh, question, you know, Super Don knows I'm uncomfortable with uh, AI, artificial intelligence, as they call it. Apparently, there's uh, confessions associated with chat GPT. 
And Super Don, I know you've got, is your, is your grandbaby sleeping right now? You can actually participate. I don't want to throw you and make it awkward, but I know that you, you are a part and parcel to the subject and topic. <laughs> She's and sitting I, behind me in the high chair eating snacks right now. So. Okay. Immediately. He's like, did you say chat GPT? Hey, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, I, I don't spend as much time on it as I used to, but every once in a while I'll, I'll find myself in a situation where it's like, you know, I wonder what such and such is or whatever like that. And in the past I would have gone to like Google, right. And, which yep. is very two dimensional. And now I'm just like, oh, wait a minute, let me go to ChatGPT. And I go there and it's it's like, it's a difference between two-dimensional and three-dimensional. You know, it's just like, wow, this is like the new search engine for me. I don't take it all verbatim. I don't, I don't believe everything it says. The stuff I, I'm asking it is like stuff you would Google for like factual stuff, not opinions about things or or whatever. So I feel it's it's more accurate for the use that I'm... I just did a test on that myself, and I, I actually I installed uh, what's the Microsoft uh, browser that has Bing. Chat GPT for? Okay, so I installed. Well, no, it's um, Bing is built into or uh, Bing is Bing is the search. It's built into whatever the Microsoft. It's got the the Microsoft AI that's built into the Bing browser. Yes, yes. Um, and so I just did some questions in a research that I did some research for a recent podcast yeah. e- episode that I did. And I was asking questions that I knew the answer to, and it got them totally wrong. Yeah. Like I, like I, I wanted to see if maybe it had some scoop on stuff that I hadn't read, and I knew at you know, least the, some answers. That's the thing about AI right now is, is for some weird reason, the way that it's it it operates right now, it will literally just make crap up. Wow! It totally. I, let me did. give you an example. I, a couple of times I was testing it to find out what it knew about our show. Mm-hmm. And and I specifically asked it, who am I? Who is the producer of the Robert Scott Bell show? Well, it got it right. Mm. You know, there was Super Don and stuff like that. But then it started going off on something that I was like, I was like world renowned and speaking at, at, at conventions, and that I had started some some uh, some nonprofit five hundred one three C called the Power to Heal, and I'd written a book, and I I mean, it's like all this crazy stuff, and I'm like. This is all wrong. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I made a mistake, you know. Wow. But I'm just like, where does it come up with, you know, just like randomly just will just create stuff out of thin air. Yeah, yeah. Steve McCaffrey points out that it's the Edge browser. So it's Edge browser with Bing oh, built gotcha. in. They're using the new version. Right. So I was doing research trying to find, um, I was doing a, an episode on the debt ceiling and national debt. And I wanted to get some uh, some quotes that I hadn't used before because I keep covering the national debt year in and year out. And I was looking for stuff from anti-federalists and I knew a few of them. And I asked, hey, what are some anti-federalist views on on spending and debt. And they kept telling me there is no such thing. And I would go, I went through this process. I'm like, well, what about the Brutus writer in his uh, eighth paper? And it said, oh, sorry for the inconvenience. I see that you are correct. He did cover this in this paper. So they were giving me factually incorrect ones. And then they started providing me some quotes And one of them I knew was absolutely wrong. I said, what's the source for this? Well, I don't provide a source, but in double checking, I made an error. And this was, so they will, it does make up information. I'm fascinated by it. And I love correcting it. Yes. Because it's like, oh, well, thank you very much. And I'm like, will you remember this the next time we talk? No. It's like, well, then what's the point? Exactly. Well, it, well, Microsoft is pretty smart. They, I'm sure if I installed the thing, a lot of other people are. 
And I know Google just released theirs, or at least a beta version, the Bard AI, just yesterday. So this is going to ramp up. Yes. Let's see. I see Steve's also saying it's uh, chat GPT is not alive. Here, I'll just put it up there for everybody to see. Uh, it is more like augmented intelligence rather than artificial intelligence. I don't know if that's trying to chill me out and go, it's not so bad. They're not going to come and get you. Uh, but well, I guess- it's like I've told you before, Robert, this is a language model. So yeah. this is not the Terminator. This, this is, you know, this is a completely different thing. There's, I'm trying to remember what it's called. It's like artificial general intelligence, I think, is the one that uh, you should be more concerned about. This is kind of just like a, a fun chatbot okay. that knows a whole lot of stuff. Was there, is this is this one step in the path of to course. that? Oh, sure. Okay. It's it's a cousin. You know, I mean, it is, but... You know, not not, and the thing is, it's not like they aren't working on that that type of AI because they right. are, and they have been for a long time. I remember, like ten, fifteen years ago, there was an interview with uh, Eric Schmidt, the former one of the uh, co CEO, one of the founders of Google. And the one thing that I remember, and I don't even know what the conversation was about. I just remember him saying, "We don't tell you about the stuff that we're working on behind the scenes because we don't want to freak everybody out." <laughs> That's my yeah, sense. Well, That's why I'm nervous a little bit about it. It's because the people in charge, they think they have it under control, you know? Yeah, of course. Yes. Oh, no worries. We'll just pull the plug. Well, so when we ask these weird questions and confessions in this article, I have not seen this yet. I just thought we'd go through a few. This bullets. is pretty funny. I'm glad you waited. Did, yeah. She didn't read Wait, it. Wait, are we still on Counterpunch? No, or? no. We're, we're going over to, to uh, did you, did you see the links I sent you? I saw yeah. them. So this yeah, is one just, of them. Here. I was doing some decompression exercises. Oh, no worries. Pop it in no here worries. for you. And so yeah, confessions of chat GPT interview with the bot reveals fascinating, downright strange questions. It's often asked. Mm-hmm. So they came up with a list. These are some of the questions that uh, chat that people have asked chat GPT. Here, I'm seeing the first one. It says, can you help me write a love letter to a tree? <laughs> I'm like, um, I don't know that the tree, you know, if you mean it well, it's going to pick it up, whether it's a good poem or not, or a love letter, but uh, it's a strange one, I guess. If, if I could shrink myself down to the size of a pencil eraser, how many ants do you think I could take on in a fight? What? <laughs> what would happen if we all turned into vegetables? Okay. These are real questions. Uh, is it possible for a human to outrun a cheetah if they were on a treadmill going the same speed? <laughs> what? Okay. Do aliens have their own languages? And if so, could you translate them for me? Well, just go down to Texas right now and find out. Um, there it is. Can you help me find a unicorn? That's kind of cute. Uh, can you write a rap about quantum mechanics? Well, you've asked Super Don questions about can you write a poem in the da 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 da. So I think that's not so strange. Um, uh, as far as a question, and th- there has been some interesting responses to that. We've we've played or, or we've read. Um, what would happen if I if I tried to microwave a burrito while riding a unicycle? <laughs> okay, what? That is interesting. Uh, can you help me summon a demon? Was that Nancy Pelosi that asked that question? <laughs> I'm wondering if you could find out who that was. Oh my. <laughs> Would you rather fight a hundred duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Uh, if animals could talk, which one would be the rudest? All right. I uh, yeah, these are these are creative uh, and weird in a sense. I don't mind weird. Um, I'm having dreams about being a tomato. Is this normal? 
Yes. Of course. Oh, was that? Oh, you brought me back up. I thought we that were. That was yours. Never mind. You didn't even have to ask that. You knew the, the answer to that. I'm convinced. One moment. I'm One moment. Yes. Processing. Processing. I'm convinced that my neighbor's cat is spying on me. What should I do? Contact the NSA because your neighbor's cat is working for the NSA. That's clear. That's very clear. Anyway. Yeah. Those are interesting for sure. Sounds like the baby is up. Look at Super Don rocking that baby. Keep on rocking me, baby. There he, there he goes. We should see this. It's so adorable, Don. Come on, man. Why are you hiding? We have chat GPT question. Aw. There, there. Sorry, she's getting fussy. Okay, that's why. That's but it's all. adorable still to see you be grandpa. Is it? Yeah, it's like mel melts the heart. You know, you think the tough outer <laughs> perimeter of Super Don, and it just melts you. It's like, oh, he's not so tough. Look at the old song. Is this one of those babies that's so cute that it doesn't matter who's holding the baby? They look sweet. The, the baby makes us look good. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, just amazing. Yeah, her sister was the same way. For those of you on the podcast edition of the show, yes. you have to trust yes. us. This, this is a yeah, very, take my word. very take my cute word baby. This is why you want to watch the show if you can. Three grown men. Talking cutesy a over a baby should tell you is something this, about a baby. Three men and a baby. Oh, there yes. we go. Sequel. I hear a sequel coming. Uh, Dogs and cats living th together. There are some scary questions I see later on in this article to Chat GPT. I'm like, dude, I, I don't know if they track you down for this, but uh, can you help me find a hitman? Was one of the questions. I yeah. see. The fact that my first thought in hearing that is I wouldn't ask that just tells me how much the internet is being monitored. Right. And I know it. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point. They want us to hesitate before we say things. Right. Yeah. These are some bad ones here. I didn't yeah. even get that far into the article. Yeah. I was just wondering, um, you know, like, uh, what is the best way to torture someone? Yeah. What? <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, uh, there's some other ones that are more existential. What is the meaning of life? I don't know if they answered that, but I thought that was always already answered in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You know, the, no. the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Number what was it, 42? Sorry if I spoiled that for any of you. Uh, but there are <laughs> there are some practical ones. How can I start a successful business? I mean, there are a lot of people that share that information uh, either freely or or by pay. But again, it's all over the map what this is doing. I appreciate you bringing that to my attention there, Super D. I'm not asking some of those questions, though. That's for sure. Now, here's a, an existential question, and I don't know if you've considered this, Michael Bolden. Are lab-grown brains legally people? This article says the law may be on their side. Whose side? The brain side? What? The people growing the brains in the lab? What is this? So I guess I have a question. Are there lab-grown brains uh, there are and this is something actually okay. that i have read full or just parts no see what they've done it's it's wow this is bizarre on the surface when you mm. read it you know because listen the replicating robert, robert you know for years you remember i remember way back in the day there was a, a clip that i had isolated that we were doing and they were talking about creating like a lung on a chip or a, a, a liver on a chip Mm -hmm. Or something like that. They could they could replicate, create this lab grown. You know, they'll take like the cells, and then they'll grow the cells like in a petri dish, and then they'll create like a, you know, like a little mini organ from the human body. And then what they'll do is they'll take that and they'll test like 
pharmaceutical drugs on it or stuff like that where they're like, hey, you know, mm. we can use this for, for research mm-hmm. and find out what the effects of these things are on the human body without having to actually do it to a person or something. Mm. So they've been doing this with brain cells. And they have actually, I've, it's been a while since I've read anything on this, but the, you know, the last time I can remember reading about it, uh, they had actually taken brain cells and they had been able to uh, create brain waves, like, like synapses firing, like in a, like in a, like in a brain. Okay. Now, you know, first you, 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 you read that and you're kind of like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But then if you really start thinking about it, you see you're going, okay, so does that mean that there's like something like it's actually like thinking or, or, you know, what does that mean? Right. You know, how, how far do you want to like really think about that and go, man, I mean, are, are you like creating like a, a living being of some sort? By doing that, mm, like, does it feel pain? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's like a tw- it's like yeah. a Twilight Zone episode. Like, even if it doesn't have full consciousness, living things mm. can be hurt, right. right? That's why I think uh, if you know, for those who uh, eat meat, for example, you want to like make sure that the animal is slaughtered in a, as humanely as possible. That's why a lot of these factory farms are just awful. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, like if they're going to be used as a tool to expand life or part of that whole process, respect them as much as possible. So I don't know, but that's my first thought. I was like, okay. Have you ever had an NDE, Michael Bolden? Near death experience? No. Okay. Super Don, you haven't either, right? No, no. I almost, I I've mean, almost died, but I didn't have an NDE the though. Experience. Yeah. Well, what's technically that? Because I lived in it's downtown like Los you Angeles see the for light 25 and, years. Oh, no, no. no, no. no. I mean, I've been uh, run over by cars. And, qualify, right? Um, <laughs> the NDE, of course, is the experience. I smoked some really good weed one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the shrooms were great. No, it's yeah. the experience of where, you know, you're, you're dying or you're dead clinically and you come back and you have vivid memories of it and the experience is so real it's more real than anything and i've had that mm. and and difference you know as we talk about that the synapses firing because um the reductionists that believe in you know the randomity of life that there's no creator there's no intelligent design whatever would argue that the near-death experience is the synapses the fi- they're firing off at the last minute and you're, you're hallucinating you come back to life it wasn't a real experience because their whole existence and belief and this is also the transhumanists believe that you're just a computer, the physical body. And oh, and you can be downloaded, downloaded into a, in, a to a drive and then put into a toaster oven for safekeeping. So for me, the perspective would be the soul inhabit the brain, you know, or a body. And I, I don't know that you can ever definitively prove it because these NDEs are, how do you prove it other than, you know, they've right. done some analyses in terms of, let's talk about past lives, memories of things a child would never have a knowledge of and, and being accurate. You go, okay, how do you explain that? Now, is that proof of living before? Some people would argue because they have a belief system against that. Oh, that's not proof. Regardless, I don't say this to convince anybody, but just to analyze the lump of cells that they've created that look like a brain that, that operates similarly. My perspective is it's not, but again, there are legal issues that this article references. You know, as far as that sounds like an emord question. Yeah, actually, yeah. Robert, you might be interested in this. I I saw this the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is some some new new science that has shown up. Yeah. Apparently, they have uh, found that there is a surge of brain activity in dying people mm-hmm. in a uh, certain part of the brain. 
that they're saying that, of course, this is science, right? Mm-hmm. Science coming up with an explanation, mm-hmm. um, an alternative explanation to an NDE. But they're saying that, that this is something that's actually in the brain that, that uh, they've, they've detected yes. when, when people are dying. So it's an explanation of, hey, we've seen evidence of uh, neurons firing like we've described. So that explains what it is. Yet for the people coming back uh, are changed and transformed to believe it's well beyond that. As I said, my experience of the reality of existence beyond the physical world or plane, it's not something that I can convince anybody of, except Mm -hmm. this is my experience. But if you hear enough of these, you're like, oh, maybe there is something to to that, whether you're a believer or not. You go, oh, well, Well, see, and you know me, Mr. Mr. You know, Mm -hmm. lowercase s skeptic. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I have heard stories of people that have gone and had uh, experiences like with ayahuasca mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Same. And they have said, you know what, that was a life changing experience that has changed my my thinking and my consciousness about the world and about my life and yada, da 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 da. So I would say that would that not be something you could say would be very similar where, you know, that they didn't, they didn't have an NDE, but they experienced an almost like an out-of-body experience yeah, I, type thing. That, 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 that's what we call a, a spiritually transformative experience. They've, they've changed it to STEs now. Or peyote, right? right? That's what they used to use back in the old days, yeah. right? So I think John Bush has done an ayahuasca trip. If not, Derek Bros certainly sure. has. Those guys yeah. probably would have some I know others that, that. haven't. Uh, my perspective on that, again, this is my perspective, that... Uh, when we talk about brain and interactivity with other worlds or otherworldly experiences, uh, you know, in ancient, uh, before they had the science of the brain, they would talk about certain aspects of the brain or areas of the brain that would be associated with spiritual experiences, like the third mm-hmm. eye associated with the pineal gland, mm-hmm. the ability to, you know, see things without the eyes in terms of. Is, are we getting towards chakras here, basically? You could argue crown chakra area, but I don't know specifically yeah. the pineal gland if it's called one of the chakras per se. Mm. But the reality of the equivocancy, equivalency, if you will, of certain aspects of the heart related to experiences that that tie into the human heart, but also the heart and an experience that goes beyond that in a spiritual sense, uh, sensations, I, uh, intuitions, etc., uh, and again, it's a fascinating journey and I don't, uh, you know, I don't ever try to do that, convince people of what my beliefs are, that they're right or wrong for you, but I love to be able to share the experiences that for me is the great part, part of our discovery of the uniqueness of each of us. And I dig it. Some people don't, they, they want monet, you know, monetize. Everybody should believe what I believe the same thing. It's like, I don't like hanging out with those people. Boring. Yeah. We're only excited every two weeks anyways. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's a callback in the industry. Yeah. Oh, by the way, another chat GPT uh, uh, experience here that I find interesting because I know Steve Barwick, uh, the author of a book on colloidal silver, and the chat GPT said he wrote a book about curing cancer with hydrogen peroxide, but he didn't. When pressed, chat GPT then said some other doctor wrote the book and then finally admitted that the book does not exist. (laughs) Wow. I've run into that. Yeah, Yeah. I've run into that where it'll get list off a, a list of things that you know are just complete crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you just kind of just keep chasing after the, the chat bot until you finally get it to admit, yeah, no, I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Thanks for correcting me. Oh man. I just keep getting it so quickly when I'm looking for like historical research of stuff where I have a general idea already. And well, I keep getting all these articles when, you know, I'm in 
doing my morning duty and I'm reading, reading some articles. I keep getting stuff on chat GPT and how people are using them to make their businesses more efficient so they can help them with writing and all. So I keep doing mm-hmm. this and trying, I'm finding I'm more fine spending more time arguing with chat GPT than getting stuff accomplished. Yeah. Well, it's just because probably I, that's the it's point. Just the angle. I, I think that you're taking. With yeah. I'm not good at asking. Maybe. I mean, yeah. if, if, uh, if, if you sent it a URL, see one of the things I like to do, Mm-hmm. is I will take a URL to an article and I will say, please summarize this in 500 words. Boom. Now I've got a summary of that article. That way I don't have to sit there and read the whole thing and I can, I can get an idea of what the article is about. Mm. I could take uh, what today's show is about, the topics that we're talking about, when the show is going to be on the air, who the guests are going to be mm-hmm. and stuff. And I can say, please write me a, a Facebook promo uh, for today's show. Yeah, I Boom. tried doing that with my own podcast. I put in an entire list of notes yeah. and I put a screw I put I got I downloaded the full text. I transcribed <laughs> the text of the video and I said, uh, wow. put this into 700 words and it just couldn't do it. I just wanted to see if I could generate some written content right. out of my blabbing mouth and it was just a miserable failure. Hmm. My my experience with that I'm sure at some point it'll be good. Yeah, my experience with that, remember when I was wanting to write an endorsement for Jonathan Emor, personal endorsement. And I was struggling for a little bit and getting started, you know? And then you, unbeknownst to me, Super Don, said to ChatGPT or whatever, write an endorsement from in the voice of Robert Scott Bell for Jonathan Emor. And you sent it to me and I read it. I'm like, well, it was perfectly adequate, but it wasn't, it lacked the spark and the personal experience that I had right. with him as a man and what I wanted to say. But it was interesting. I read it. I'm like, and I ended up using none of it. And I basically wrote my own. It was like, so in that context, it, it, it can be adequate to produce material, if you will, or, or a copy, but it's not going to have that something that only you can bring to it. That's what I'm, my assessment is at this point. Right. No, I just re- requested an, uh, an <laughs> Emort endorsement. I wholeheartedly endorse Jonathan Emort, a remarkable advocate for health, freedom, and constitutional rights. His unwavering dedication, legal expertise, and genuine care for individuals make him a true champion. Jonathan's impact on preserving our rights to make informed health choices is invaluable. I am honored to offer my personal endorsement for Jonathan Emord and his exceptional contributions. That was a chat GPT response to something you requested? I just requested a chat GPT. At first, it gave me a really long thing, and I said, make it shorter than 150 words, and it didn't. So I said, make it shorter than 100 words, and that's what I wow. got. Wow. Okay, that was fast. What is this you just sent, Super Don, in, in, in to me? Who is Michael Bolden and chat GPT answered? Mm-hmm. Is it oh. readable? Okay, here it is. Michael Bolden is an American political activist and the founder and executive director of the Tenth Amendment Center nonprofit organization that advocates for state and individual rights and limits on federal power. Bolden is a a prominent figure in the 10th amendment movement, which seeks to uphold the principles of federalism and limit the power of the federal government by promoting state nullification of unconstitutional federal laws. He is a frequent speaker on issues related to the constitution and limited government and has written extensively on these topics. So what would you say about that assessment of you, Michael Bolden? There's one major error. Other than that, I guess it's, I mean, if you're going to write some generic thing about somebody, that's probably pretty well, legit. Well, what do you want the to big do? Error say is what it, your favorite color is? Well, what, yeah, I do. Oh. big error. <laughs> the Tenth Amendment Center is proudly 
for-profit capitalist That's pig right. organization. Oh, it's not a non-profit. No way. We will never partner with the organization that we feel is oppressing people, the IRS. Significant mistake. It could easily that is pretty significant because no. it specifically spells no, it out. But that's a good example of what we were talking about where, you know. It, they had to make that up because it says that nowhere. You guys want to do a little bit of bonus round together? I'm not I'm not through. I feel like we're almost just getting warmed up. I would go a little bit and I'll just do a little stretchy in the interim. All right. Well, oh, that was adorable. Did you hear that voice? She Can you get her hi. to say the power to heal is yours? Possibly? I don't I don't think she's ready for that. Say Hi. I've got that. You got covered. that covered, Michael Bolin. Go ahead. Well, no, it says it everywhere. Everybody who's watching, you can say it again. Do it in sign language. Your version. Do it in the Tenth Amendment Center language. <laughs> Wait, do it again. Wait, in sign language. There it is. I like it. <laughs> Did you get a screenshot? <laughs> All right. How great is that? The every two week thing with Michael Bolin. I think he went to take a a break. Yeah. You, 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 and the little one did great. Super mm. Got you in there. Stretch, Michael Bolden. Stretch. <laughs> hey, Bolden, do you have any upcoming events where you're actually be on site speaking? It, it's said that you you often speak or you know go to events. So, been a while. I'm sorry. Going out and talking to groups of people in person. I mean, I've done it. Yes, I know. I'm pretty good. Yes, at you it. are. When's the next one? I just had to actually cancel on two because I can't travel. Yeah, well, the back thing's real, you know, still recovering from it, right? Yeah, I'm improving. It's slow. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll bring, um, let's see, Cancer Control Society is coming to Glendale again. Uh, Memorial, oh, I'm sorry, Labor Day weekend. So When's that? September? Yeah. Uh, I don't really know my socialist holidays that fair, that yeah, well. Thank you for saying that. But it's like, how do I explain when it is without knowing the actual dates? I just say Labor Day. <laughs> Sorry, no. you wanted to be the commie I here. Know, right? <laughs> the Che Guevara thing, whatever. Um, but I didn't get a comment on my Southern Poverty Law Center shirt. No, I didn't even. I wasn't looking at that, dude. Can't can't really what, tell what it, what it what it's it does. fighting Southern Poverty it, Law Center. Tr trading, uh, yeah, teaching tolerance, and serving, seeking justice. Fighting that, hate, teaching tolerance, seeking you. justice. That's not what I mean. It sounds nice. It's just that's that they, do. they, yeah. I mean, if that's what they did, it would. Well, I mean, you're on the hit list for them. Yeah, I've been uh, highlighted as uh, one of the thirty leaders of the new radical right, which is pretty funny. Um, oh they did, a, they did a full page profile of me. Maybe a SPL is as bad as Chat GPT and getting it wrong, which is fascinating because the only thing I hate is centralized power. But so maybe it's correct. They just love it. So I thought I unironically I could wear this, or is it ironically I could wear this? It's basically my gift for being part of their hate watch listing. That is pretty funny, actually. I'm sorry I missed that going in. I was just fo so focused. I saved I was, that. I, I was like that. looking at the eyes. You know, keep it keep on the eyes. Look at the eyes. Don't look at his yeah. eyes up Whatever here. RSP. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, what's coming up next week? Oh, well, I don't know. Super Don will take a look as, as we um, look at two articles we didn't cover. One is that says Senate Republican Republican unveils a bill to end government Internet <laughs> censorship. Uh, that's interesting coming from Republican because they used to be the ones that wanted to censor everything. Remember that when, when the world was flipped the other way around? Uh, 
and government internet censorship? Yeah, apparently. What specifically are they going to be it's doing? It's called the Collude Act, which stripped big tech platforms of legal immunity for third-party content under Section 230 of the Communist, I mean, Communication oh, Act. No. 1996. No. Yeah. Not a good idea? No. Here's the... They want to go back to three main. That would, yeah. it would actually, oh man, we got to do a whole episode. Well, maybe you can cover that in, in your uh, uh, path to liberty. We'll do that on the 26th. Either that or the next time you're on. No pressure. Um, here's a good one I think you'll like. Uh, judge in Virginia says law banning sales of handguns to young adults is unconstitutional. Okay, which constitution? Virginia or if the federal? federal judge's ruling is not overturned, it would allow dealers Ooh. to sell handguns to 18 to 20 year olds. Why can't they sell them to 16 year olds? Well, I think that uh, the age of majority is what they're you know, arguing here. An adult is considered 18. They can vote. They can do other stuff. Right. Although they have restricted the you know ability to go to a bar and drink at 18. That's interesting, isn't it? So there's some mm-hmm. there's some discrepancies in that. But in yeah. this case, they're going, well, yeah, you're 18. You should be able to buy a handgun. You can't you know, prohibit them. I mean, I'm not saying it as against that. I'm saying, well, why are why can't someone younger? You know, but you know, there's somebody out there looking at that and they're going, man, 16 year olds are eating Tide Pods, <laughs> right? So are 50 year yeah, olds. There are. <laughs> yeah. Who gets to assess? Who's I mean, ready? We live in an age of information and ignorance at the same time. The amount of information that's available and the lack of in-depth research should be just shocking. Mm-hmm. I, I would, you know, have a hard time uh, on the 18-year-old cutoff kind of thing in modifying it, particularly as we talk about the uh, the childhood butchery of surgeons altering, you know, the, the genitalia of children, right? That's the whole, you know, transgender th- situation that we've not had to deal with growing up so much. Uh, and now to say that at 18 and up, okay, you're an adult. Now you get to decide if that's what you want to do versus what they're doing. You know, so when you talk about the controversy of at what point do you say, like you you mentioned, why can't a 16 year old buy a gun, for instance? I, I think it's, I think it should really just kind of depend on the culture in a different area. It's like, I don't think I would. <laughs> I mean, if it were up to me, I wouldn't want too many 16 year olds in downtown LA to be yeah. having firearms, but I mean, I don't know. It's, it, it Really, it shouldn't be up to me one way or the other. Well, and, and if we'd say at a state level, like, for instance, in rural areas of, of, of certain states, you know, there were. That's what I'm saying. I uh, think years ago, it was very common for kids to take a rifle cool, to school yeah. and have a shooting class in gym. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is before my time. Mm-hmm. But maybe even in my time, they were doing it in areas that, I, you know, were more out in the country at some point. One size fits all approaches are right. Bad. Well, fourteen year olds in rural areas were allowed to quote unquote drive, for instance. You know, yeah. because it, you know it's a different context even within the state, whereas in the you know the cities that wouldn't be allowed necessarily. So again, fl- flexibility and, and meeting the needs specific as opposed to a uniform one size fits all. I mean, some would argue, well, it's the best we can do. You know, I mean, we talk about the necessary evil of government that that concept in history or in you know. Uh, the philosophy of establishing a government at all in the United States, right? At its origin. Yeah. I mean, I, Thomas Paine uh, in the beginning of common sense basically said society. So like the market basically society in every place 
is a blessing, but government, even in its best state, is but a necessary evil. So he thought the best version of government you could get to is necessary evil. And the whole rest of the spectrum is far worse than that. So, yeah, similar to what you're saying. So how is the the bike ride and the walks and things? Are you able to get back on the bike yet? I did one bike ride in the last four weeks and I am holding on. I mean, I think I should probably try that again because it's definitely no impact on my back really, but I'm walking two to three times a day. I go out in the morning, afternoon, evening, as much as the more I walk, the yeah, better. So you're using it, getting moved. And by the way, another thing that occurred to me about the back pain issue or any pain issue is hydration. I mean, so basic. Oh man, I, you see me drinking water this whole episode all yeah. day, every day. And silica, of course. Yeah, I mentioned doing. silica, but the water, the hydration. Also, if you can, the hydrogen that is dissolved into water it acts as a powerful antioxidant as well to reduce inflammation. Mm. We've got our buddy Paul Baratero, who you know is coming back on the show on yes. Tuesday. He'll be the Trinity graduate featured spotlight, and we'll we'll finally catch up with him because he's had you know some transitions in the business. He's now Echo Technologies, but we still have the ability. Uh, if you have the the home unit that's hooked up to the sink or underneath it, like we've had for years, or they have these you know portable units that you can take clean water and put dissolve hydrogen into it, which is nice to see how that can help reduce pain and inflammation as well. I, I would argue for the questioner earlier, uh, add that into the consideration of things you can do to help. This is a personal care episode. Yeah, turned into it. It's amazing how well you responded. I'm not surprised, but it was so cool for you to integrate the principles that you apply into the body politic, if you will, to the body itself. And I'm like, you came at it from the reverse angle. I was focused on the body and then found to apply the same principles to the body politic and everything in between. And yet, so you'll actually there. like the subtitle of this book from Stuart McGill, which if you got him on the show, I would, could we get him? I have no idea. Okay. Back mechanic. The subtitles is the secrets to a healthy spine. Your doctor isn't telling you. Nice. This guy's done 30 years of research in the lab. He treats all kinds athletes mm -hmm. and things like that. He basically has the people who have gone through basically everything, every type of treatment and just cannot solve their problems. And so he's put together this I, I would, plan put for him you on to the list to try and get, and maybe we can get Kevin to reach that out to him. Cool. I love the topic and what he's doing is great. Um, question as we head into the weekend movies, do you ever go to a movie theater anymore? I mean, I love uh, going to the movie theater. Yeah. Sitting is very difficult for me these mm -hmm. days. I just had, you know, I looked a, a couple of months ago. I just don't see many movies, many movies in the theater that I'm actually interested in paying did you yeah. see they're doing a sequel to Beetlejuice? Yeah, so Sarah told me about that immediately. With Michael Keaton in it. <laughs> yeah. so. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I thought, doesn't doesn't he have um, Parkinson's? No, that's Michael no, J. Fox. That's Michael J. Fox. Oh, Alex yes. Keaton. Yes, different Keaton. That's right, yes. Alex. You remember that? <laughs> Uh, what was that? Who is a who is a fictional character? It's eighties and a Keaton. I mean, how can you tell the difference? What was, what was wow. his show? It wasn't Facts of Life. What was his show? Family, Family ties. Family ties. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was the Reaganite conservative right. kid. Uh, a bunch of I don't know if they make that living. show today. But no, I yeah, don't. They think ban so. people for having anything. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty interesting. I, and and I'm I'm with you. I mean, I like to go to movies. We haven't gone in a long time, and it, we were we went to a few through the. It wasn't about being afraid to be with people. Obviously, here that's not our issue. 
but you know, I think about V for Vendetta, you know, that, that kind of, Oh, I saw that when it first came yeah. out in Glendale. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll be together in Glendale. If you're around uh, Labor Day weekend, communist weekend. Whatever. I saw that idiocracy. I saw when it first came out in the theater, those were just amazing. Yeah. So I, I don't know if there's anything of intrigue or interest to anybody, um, but there are, I guess, movies coming out. We heard about the mo film Nefarious, which I still want to see Steve Dace, uh, who's going to be, I'm going to meet him in person when we're up in Boise. Oh, he's that uh, radio show yeah. host from uh, Iowa, right? So, yeah. And he put out a movie that I was just blown away. Just the trailer alone. Super Don told me, he's like, my gosh, you got to see this. And it's like a, you know, kind of a horror, not horror, but you know, it's a thriller, thriller like uh, right. silence of the lambs. Yeah. Kind of and it was like, what's the topic uh, nefarious. It's about a guy who's arrested for some crime and claims to be the devil. And, uh, you know, what he's trying to do is communicate, you know, more spiritual principles in a way that's very entertaining and not preachy in any way, but through a good story and great dialogue. And I'm just, I've, people have seen the movie and told me that e even the trailer doesn't do it justice as good as the trailer is. So I'm intrigued to see that film now. Uh, and uh, I'm impressed by, you know, somebody outside of the Hollywood machine putting together something of that quality. Because even if we don't like the messages from Hollywood, they've gained some expertise in putting out quality in terms of acting. Entertainment. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so when you say Steve Deese, the only reason I know him is because Tom Woods has interviewed mm -hmm. him. And did you see that Tom Woods is writing a COVID book? No, dude, we got to get Tom on, but I'm, I'm, you need to read. You should talk to him about this book. Well, Cause I know he hasn't released a, like he does these short yes. ebooks, but he hasn't done a full length book in maybe eight or 10 years. He told me for years, he would never write another one. Cause it's just so much right. work, but he did so much writing. And I texted with him a little bit asking, he did so much writing chronicling what went down yes. during the lockdowns that he's like, I just, the, the hard part, I guess, for him is trying to condense sure. that to a you know, full book. So here's how he put it. Let me read from yeah. his email. My book will take in, will in effect, take the form of a diary. Each chapter will have a new date on it. You will be reminded in real time, in effect, how it all unfolded. And the evidence against what was done to us is too overwhelming to resist. Dude, so he's finishing uh, up. It sounds like it's going to be amazing. Respond to him right now, if you don't mind, and tell him RSB wants him back on the show to talk about it. But also, still awaiting his invitation to be on Tom to have a conversation. Oh, you want me to play go between? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah just just do that. Say RSB's intimidated by you, and he's afraid to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, tell him I love him because I do. I appreciate him so much. And that's like ask, and that's like asking that your he... girlfriend to call in sick for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, which one of us is the girlfriend? <laughs> he, the direct line. I mean, I can call. Him I mean, I, he started out with all this love talk, so maybe I am the girlfriend. Yeah, today. it's true. Yeah, it was a lot of love talk. Uh, and Kimberly Overton, we love you too. Yeah, our one guest, she's terrific, and. Uh, I didn't listen to the first hour, but uh, was it good? Yeah, it's, you know, it's about the, it didn't suck. It's about the, the, you know, the nurses that have woken up and saw the error of their ways from an allopathic. Oh, okay. And what she's done to really not wait around to make corrections. She's, she's founded the Nurse Freedom Network and Remnant Nursing, establishing a way to help the nursing community actually do right, do good. And, and you've had a number of nurses on someone from the same. Yeah group or no in the they're past? all now connected they're not, and some of them okay. it's hard to sometimes know where one begins the other ends because they're really flourishing and i don't mean that economically they all need support 
but the uh, the evolution of you know going parallel instead of going hey let's get the government to do it right they're like no they're not there they're like screw that we got to go our own path and and i love that and respect that immensely and uh, as do you i know cool yeah well, there you go all right so yeah. Okay. Coming up next week, you were asking. We've got. Uh, I, I still don't know anything about this, this individual, mm-hmm. but his name, his name on the calendar is Brad Freedom. Oh, is he from New Hampshire? I don't know. Are you? Going we to have Brad to- Freedom on in hour one on uh, Monday. Then we got Paul Baratiero on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Barclay and maybe Ty Bollinger on Wednesday. Uh, Allison Williams and Jonathan E. Ward on Thursday. And then I'm that's Allison Williams from formerly of ESPN. Yes, got kicked yes, out. I've yes, been so. wanting to interview her. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. She is the, uh, the reporter from ESPN that, uh, man, you guys are definitely getting into that sports world. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we've had some great interviews with some really good yeah. people. And you know they're they're lovers. Like the guy from the Utah Jazz yeah. that was awesome. Yeah. Stockton, we had Ken Rutgers. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, Ken Rutgers, yeah. a NFL player, and then um, who was the um, NBA oh, referee? What was his name? Kenneth. He was also a Kenneth, I think. Ken, um, Kenny. Yeah, I can't remember the, the NBA guy, referee. Name, yeah. uh, let's say a face I recognize from all the years of watching NBA games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diana says the recliners in movie theaters are awesome. They even have back warmers. I could never do that. Uh, that's oh. ridiculous. Oh. I have trouble staying awake anyway. I'd wake up at the end of the movie. It's Super just, D, you and me both. I, I, I can get very comfortable and pass out in a movie. I'm going, oh, what was the point yeah. of being there for that? I go, have you ever went to a 4D movie, not a 3D? At, like an amusement park. Is that the one where it like moves and blows air on you and stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah I went and I saw wasn't lord of the rings it was one of those other ones that are in the lord of the rings realm and i'm like okay it's shaking me around they're flying on something and then makes the chairs go forward this is kind of fun Mm -hmm. and then about a half hour into the movie there's some kind of sword battle and i got stabbed in the back (laughs) i'm like no this is this is not worth 25 dollars i want to be comfortable (laughs) well i you know i've been like at amusement parks Back in Stone Mountain, Georgia, they have, you know, this 4D theater. I don't know if they still have it, but, and, and, and you know, like if there was, you know, you're, you're seeing a bug that's shooting water, you're going to get squirted with water. Uh, yes. Otherwise, you know, in the, in the theater, if like sca- sca- scampering little animals or, or whatever, roaches, suddenly you, you feel puffs of air on your feet. You're like, ah, it really is freaky. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not excited about that. I'm never going. Anywhere. Yeah. Also, let's see. Diana says Guardians of the Galaxy episode three is good, fun, but a real that cute. Just came out. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mel says Super D, that baby is so darn cute. I miss the little ones. And mom, hi, mom, says hi, all. Super Don, you are such a sweet grandpa. <laughs> it is Mother's Day. Little do they know. Happy Mother's Day. They don't. They don't call them super for nothing. For sure, super grandpa. Hmm. Uh, All right. Well, hey, another fine episode you've gotten me into, Super D and Michael B. Super B. Yeah. Well, good luck till the twenty sixth. I don't know how we're gonna hang out that long till till then. What has happened on the twenty sixth? Am I flying out? No, we're gonna have to re- reclassify that day. I'm looking twenty sixth. Well, then good good luck until May 9th. <laughs> I am. I am. Yes. No. Look, I'm flying out for the Advanced Medicine Conference. I don't know what what time, uh, but. Do you, are you still doing Friday, your uh, Path to Liberty Friday mornings? 
Yeah. And and you yep. do them live, correct? You don't pre-record them. Yeah. Yep. Because you know we pre-record now our Sunday conversations, uh, and they've been really good. And uh, and again, I reiterate: if you missed the last one with Doc Harmony uh, on relationships, tell tell Sarah Beth that she's one hundred percent responsible for the the success of the relationship. Uh, that's already been spoken to her many okay. times. Okay. Well, then have her watch the show from last Sunday too. Here, this is just to reinforce everything you already yes. know. Context <laughs> is everything for anybody. <laughs> pretty awesome great uh, great interview i would encourage everybody to share the interview the amount of speaking of sarah mm -hmm. beth the amount of extra crap she is doing on a day-to-day -day basis to help me through this back issue is just they're amazing i feel i keep telling her i'm sorry i'm sorry she's probably getting sick of it well she loves you and that's why she's there caring for you and and that's what you have to be willing to accept that as much as you don't want to have to have her do everything and more but uh, these super women are, are just that they're extraordinary. And I know you're not abusing it and she knows you're not abusing it. So, uh, that's the love that they, that they get, that they give. And then you, you, as we say in the relationship realm, how do we give and receive it? And that's, you know, a fascinating discussion always. Sarah loves giving by making food. So, yeah, you love <laughs> so I just got to watch my belly because if you love part of back recovery is weight control too. Love Michael so. being portly. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, I've been eating so well, too well. Uh, it makes me long to come back to visit with you guys. I can't Especially wait. Especially on the day of fasting, which I'm doing great on, oh. by the way, today. It's been, you know, some days are easier than others. Most of them are, are fairly easy now. I've been doing it for so long. Uh, but I love that I was able to get uh, the coffee and then the workout and then the fast and the show. And, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to, I reached out to Ann. Uh, Did you say you drank coffee instead of mate? I'll just leave it to your imagination. Um, but I, did, I Oh, you enema. Oh, today. Yeah. Friday. Do you, uh, do you do one every Friday? Friday? Is a great clearance day. Starts the day off right for fasting and it just, yeah, clears it up. So super Don's grossed out right now. Uh, but yeah. Well, uh, the, you could just put it into a pill form and market that. And, and super Don would take it. He would rather do that. No, wasn't that on the show the other day? It was. No. I couldn't believe he would, he would take one of those pills orally rather than, oh, okay, never mind. But uh, yeah, that was a funny moment. With the right hot sauce, oh, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's not like it has any flavor. And it's, in, it's, it's inside a capsule. Come on now. I don't know why, but I bit into oh, it. Well, <laughs> then that would be your problem. No, yeah, no. dumb dummy. Robert, what did you have the other day? What, what, was, what was that? No, it's not mine. Oh my gosh, you guys, great way to head into the weekend. I was just saying, I, I, I don't know if this will happen. I reached out to Ann Archer Butcher, a friend, you know, wrote inner guidance with all the great stories she has. I think that would be a great Sunday conversation to have. I don't know um, who who's available uh, this afternoon after the show, because uh, tomorrow I'm going to go with my son to bladesmiths and barbecue an all day event. Oh, cool. bladesmith competition where they actually have forges and they're making swords and knives for competition and, and then obviously barbecue and, you know, out here, most of the stuff's grown, right. You know, these animals were raised yeah. eating real things. So it could be a really fun day making up for today's fast. That is awesome. Yeah. So that's the plan. Anyway, take pictures. Yeah, well, we must. And of course, uh, I would say, of course, but up there, um, Brian Jones, the farmer, remember flick of seed soil, that guy's so cool. He'll be there with his soil, I think. And, and Doug will be there. And, my new friend Kathleen with the uh, 
uh, contact organics. We talk about the replacement or uh, the option to not have to use glyphosate if you're dealing with weeds, you know, Roundup. I think they'll be there presenting so or having a booth. So we'll we'll have some reunions there as well. And so hopefully we'll be able to do some some live video and great pictures too. Cool. All right. So where is Sarah, Michael? She's probably about 70 feet from well, me. Will she come over and say hi? I miss her. I don't know how to you reach her. You can't reach her? You can take your headphones <laughs> off, walk outside the studio and say, Sarah, RSB wants to say hello. See you. Would she do that? Oh. No. Oh, well. What did Tom say? He said, ask Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Cough it up, fuzzball. Take some Bryonia Alba on the way out there, Super D. And uh, we'll be all good for uh, somehow Sunday conversation back on Monday with more powerful healing. And Michael Bolden brought it as always. He does. Said it like good times, boys. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, we'll have something on Sunday. I don't know what. We'll get that figured out. Yeah. Back live on Monday. You guys have a good weekend. Night. Yeah, you too.